That dude. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the podcast. I guess this is another solo podcast. This is three Saturdays in a row that Boom. have been solo. Again, um, you know, I don't know. We keep doing it as long as you guys <laughs> kind of keep watching it. So uh, I enjoy it. Me I really too. do. I like the solo. I like uh, not having to put up with Lori and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> no, cutting in on the star baby yeah, cut it on the star that's not true i like having laurie on she brings the a different dynamic to the the podcast for sure that's but right. of course that's wednesday so uh we'll keep this solo until we start having some guests and then once we start having guests who knows we might still keep a solo that's um right. on a night we have no idea yeah, i like the them a lot of. i think that the dynamic's good having you talk about some cool stories that maybe wouldn't necessarily go over well with family and stuff like that yeah you know? well the, i think the problem is when i get into say a long story and i have a couple of them for us here today as well as a bunch of questions plus you know you guys always are driving the super chats for for comments and stuff like that so uh you guys are an important integral part Ooh. of this uh this this podcast but um yeah when i get into longer stories like the first one i'm going to talk about is it's really like where the reptile expo started Ooh. you know i mean there's so many i mean this so year sick. has been weird because of course there hasn't been as many expos as a matter of fact i just saw yesterday that the uh, which was no surprise obviously <laughs> um the uh super show in california that was in january was canceled yesterday oh damn um, that's crazy. it's a bummer because rami yeah. is great the shows are great that january show was the show of the year so you know he does san diego uh he does uh, a pomona i believe or now it's anaheim i believe in september but the real one, like, you know, just like Tinley's October yeah. is the show, uh, the Pomona, what I believe now is going to be Anaheim um, in January. That is the show that is a matter of fact, that may be the biggest show in the entire country is that January California show. Uh, so it was sad to see yeah. that 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 show got canceled. And, and like I said, Rami's a great guy. And and all in all, it just it just sucks. The whole thing sucks. But shows will be back. But where did shows start? You know, think about this, like. Where was the original shows? I mean, obviously they came from somewhere. So I happen to know the whole story. Uh, so I'm going to tell you that. It's a good one too. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Actually, you know, back in the, you know, probably late 80s, you know, the, the reptile hobby was, you know, percolating a little bit more. I mean, still obviously a real basement hobby type of thing. No one, obviously, no one was even dreaming of doing it for a living. And there was uh, very few even pet shops in the country and stuff like that that would actually, you know, keep reptiles. So so it wasn't like there was a demand for reptiles. They were pretty, pretty, uh, you know, out there, you know, you know, niche by, by you know, long shot. But uh, anyways, there was a guy named Rick Harvey who is uh was from the columbus ohio area and you know what you know back then like you know going back into the the, the mid 80s when i really started to get more involved in reptiles uh beyond just like you know catching garter snakes and stuff like that working at a pet shop and started to intertwine with other people really there was like herp societies right so there was a as a matter of fact there, there was something that was called the michigan herpetological society here and 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 then there was herp societies probably all over the country. It was just like those, you know, little, you know, groups of people that were like really like-minded, like wanted to do reptiles. So, um, so it, anyways, that's where we would go to hang out with reptile people. And as a matter of fact, I had mentioned that uh, pre-COVID, um, when we finally did the reptile Reptarium 2.0 expansion, we now have a, a birthday party room, event room, you know, that doesn't fit a lot of people, but we could probably put like, 30 chairs yeah. in there or something like that. I wanted to start 
the Michigan Herb Society again and have monthly meetings at the Reptarium. Um, that was one of my plans, but unfortunately, obviously, that didn't happen because we were, you know, only open three days before we got closed for COVID. <laughs> That's so crazy. Um, and now you just can't, you know, it's just not going to happen for a bit. Now, now, hopefully, you know, when things uh, will go back to normal, hopefully they will uh, that later in 2021. I would like to do those herp meetings, but but my point is is that herp meetings really were where people went to go maybe trade their snakes, maybe, you know, they were, you know, showing talking, off a little yeah, bit, showing off their snakes. You know, some people would maybe contact someone and say, Hey, could you drop off a snake at this herp meeting or whatever? As a matter of fact, the, uh, international herp symposium, which kind of travels around, you know, it's like in different cities and of course, even different countries throughout the years and it still goes on. That was like the big place together, right? Like that's where everyone would go to really buy, sell, trade. And what happened, it wasn't a reptile show. And it, it was a mixture of like zoo people and private sector, you know, which is, is tough because, you know, you guys may not know this, but a lot of the zoo community doesn't really uh, like the private sector. You know, I mean, it, it's it's just one of those things that the real true hardcore zoo people think that the private sector is is just shouldn't be able to keep reptiles, shouldn't be able to whatever. whatever. I think that's a whole nother topic we won't get into. But um, but back then there wasn't a lot of options. Right. So it's an international herb community was, I would say, 40 percent zoo people academics, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and, and, and then 60% hobbyists, people like me. And, and you would go there and, uh, it was always like, you know, I'd say there was maybe, you know, four, three to 500 people would go to the herps. Oh, you know, yeah. So it was a pretty big event and they would have talkers for like a week. It was like a week long event, wow. you know, and, and every day would be, you know, talks in, in these convention centers. And it was a really awesome experience. But one of the things that was neat was that you could go like hotel, you would literally have like, you would all stay in the same hotel and, and, and everyone would just like prop their doors open and, and, and you would go like door to door, the people that did have snakes for sale or wanted to trade or whatever, or even just wanted to show their snakes off. And you would just go to like Bob Clark's room and then this guy's room That's and so that sick. guy's room. And you could just go in and see what they have. And, and in some cases, you know, there would be just like as a reptile show, there'd be deli cups like sitting on their dresser <laughs> and you would just be like, Oh, check that out. You oh, know wow. I mean? I got uh, you know, there's this or there's that. And, uh, and that's, that was, so there was no reptile shows. That was like all we had. So a guy named Rick Harvey, back to that, uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, decided to put on, uh, like the first, I guess you would call it a reptile show. I mean, it really wasn't, I wouldn't say a reptile show, but it, it, it went on, I think one, two, maybe even three times it was legitimately in his basement of his house, you know, literally in <laughs> yeah, his basement yeah, yeah. of his house, he had, you know, people would show up with deli cups or whatever the case is, and they would have, you know, five tables, 10 tables down in his basement, and you would go down there and and, and you could buy, sell, or, or trade or whatever you wanted to do with snakes. And then um, that went on for, like I said, maybe uh, a two, three times, so something on that line. And then Don Hamper, um, again, from Columbus, Ohio, who is a legend in the business, unfortunately, just passed away last year, um, old timer, been doing it forever and stuff like that. Um, and, and, and still to this day, the Columbus, Ohio reptile show is, uh, put on by his son, Shea Hamper. I don't know if it's going on now because of COVID. I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't do reptile shows very often, but, but anyways, point is, is that, um, uh, Don Hamper then kind of took the reins from Rick and decided to open up a reptile show in a place called Millersport, Ohio, which is a, a like outside of, of Columbus, Ohio a bit. And, um, in, 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 it, it was, I think it was 
three times a year. I think, you know, he started one and then he was like, all right, I'm going to do it three times a year. And, uh, it, and it, it was this little tiny, you know, hick town. And, and, uh, we would, we'd make the pilgrimage, you know, every time. And, and it was this small VFW hall that I, I would say if I were, I mean, you know, I've often said I would love to go back to that VFW hall and actually do, uh, just kind of a, a, a reptile show there as a, it's just kind of nostalgic reptile yeah, show. Homage like, to the beginning. Yeah, like, Hey, this is where it started. I'm sure if I went back, it was probably even a lot smaller than I remembered it being. Yeah. I would say maybe 25, 30 tables, something on that lines. But one of the things that I really remember about it was that, uh, Don who, who liked his beer, you know, Don liked his beer. Uh, had a vending machine in there that you could buy beer out of. That's awesome. You just like, I mean, like yeah, any yeah. kid, I was like 15 at the time, you know, and <laughs> you I like, didn't, yes. I didn't buy any beer, but I could have, I yeah. just put a dollar in and I would get a beer. Um, anyone could, but, uh, but there were venomous snakes there. There were, uh, I mean, just everything. It was like kind of a free for all. This was way before reptiles got on the kind of the, the, the map. Yeah, yeah. You know, so no one was really paying attention to it, but, um, but that's where the show started was Millersport, Ohio. And then actually, uh, uh, because there was only 25 or 30 tables, it started to get pretty popular. I mean, to the point where like that town was overrun with people once that show was going on, you know, every three times a year. And I think it might've even went to, to like six times a year before he moved to actual Columbus, Ohio and started, um, a, a monthly reptile show, but, uh, but it got so big that a lot of people couldn't get tables. So during the summer months, everyone would just like, you know, tailgate in the, in the, in the parking lot, you know, so you had the reptile people inside and then outside you had people just setting up outside, like they bring Flea a card table almost, or yeah. if they had a truck, they would just throw their truck, you know, tailgate down and they do stuff. And, uh, and, and it was, it was definitely a, a wild time to see those first, um, those first, things, you know, like before anyone else, yeah. uh, you know, had exploded into reptiles. And, and those were the early days where like the, the hobbyists were trying to see if they could make some money at the time. Maybe it was enough to make money just to maybe pay for their hobby or yeah. maybe, maybe a vacation or something on that lines. There was no, I don't think at that time, even anyone had the inclination to like do it as a business, you know, as a full-time hobby or, or career career. But, uh, but it was able to like make a few extra bucks, you know what I mean? And, and that's where we cut our teeth, uh, as well at Millersport, Ohio, uh, was our first tables that we ever vended at. Wow. And, um, and, and that, like I said, that went on Millersport probably went on for maybe three or four years. And, uh, like I said, it kind of grew from like maybe twice a year to three times a year to six times a year. It, I don't think it ever made it to 12 times a year. I could be wrong. As it's, you know, I can't remember. I think that when they actually moved in, and they didn't move to, to Columbus, Ohio. They moved to a place called Grove City, which is just a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, but that was the first time it was moved into an actual hotel. And and so there was like a conference center in a hotel, and, and there was probably closer to 100 tables, wow. you know, maybe 80 tables, something on that. And that, and that. and that stayed there for a while and then moved around. And it's, it's, it's moved several times since, but it's always been kind of the same show. And then, like I said, Shay kind of, you know, Don's son took it over. But the interesting thing was Wayne Hill, who runs the Internet or the uh, National Breeders Expo down in um, Florida, in D Daytona, which originally started actually in uh, Orlando, so what happened was I was at the, the International Herb Symposium um, in, in probably like the early 90s uh, when this whole thing was going down. And the next year, it was supposed to be in Orlando. 
And so Wayne Hill, who was a, a you know kind of one of those guys that was like a respected on both sides of the fence, you know, both the zoo community and the private sector kind of respected Wayne because he wow. kind of did a lot of conservation stuff and and he was involved. So Wayne uh, actually flew into Don's show in Millersport, Ohio at the time and uh, and scouted it. Like, okay, what is this all about? Can we do something on a bigger level? Wow. You know? And so we were in Phoenix and he proposed to the board of the International Herb Symposium that they would have the International Symposium and he would have a reptile show in conjunction with uh, the Herb Symposium. And, and so so everyone was really excited because obviously at this point we had Miller's Point and Port and we had, you know, literally hotel rooms at the International Herb Symposium and then the little tiny, you know, herb meetings around the country and stuff like that. And so Wayne proposed it and I remember them uh, bringing it to a vote and I was part of that vote. You know, there was, you know, say there was 400 people there and overwhelmingly, it was like 320 to, to 80 said, yes, we should have this reptile show. So as of when we left the International Herb Symposium in Phoenix, uh, they uh, it was a go. I mean, there was going to be the International Herb Symposium, and it was going to be the first ever reptile breeders expo in Orlando. It was actually uh, in a place called Howard Johnson's. It was a, a small convention center yeah. slash hotel. Um, ultimately, the... That was the only year that it was there. The next year, it moved literally like across the street to a place called the Twin Towers, which it was there then for like the next 10 years before ultimately moving to Daytona. But anyways, some sometime after the the, the Phoenix uh, Her, um, International Herb Symposium, um, but before the following year, I guess the zoo people got their panties in a bunch and they decided to pull out of Orlando. So they didn't want to have anything to do with Wayne Hills Reptile Expo. Uh, so they literally yanked the site from from Orlando and put it somewhere else. I don't know where it went. I, and, and by the way, I've never been back to another one since then because I, I was so jaded by it in the sense that I thought, you know, we had a vote. You know, the participants overwhelmingly, probably by 80%, voted yes. And then the powers that be decided like, oh, nope, the zoo community doesn't want to have anything to do with the the private sector. We can't be involved wow. in a reptile show. So uh, we're going to pull out of it. So... Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's how the international, uh, or the, the reptile breeders expo started. And then, like I said, from there, Wayne ended up start, or I'm sorry, Don Hamper ended up starting the monthly in Grove city. And then right there shortly thereafter, almost at the same time, Don started going monthly in Grove city, a guy named Lee Watson started a show in a place called Streamwood, Illinois, which is right outside of Chicago, still to this day goes on by uh, the name all uh, Scott Smith's All Animal Expo. Oh, okay. Um, that. Yeah, so so that's kind of the, you know, that was kind of the, the, the way it all started, you know, back then. I mean, there was really three shows, right? There was, uh, you know, which started with Don Hamper, uh, ultimately went to Wayne Hill and then to Lee Watson. And then shortly thereafter, like maybe year three, because again, year one was like Howard Johnson's, didn't know how it was going to go because there was only this little tiny show in, in Columbus, Ohio. And, um, it, and, and the Howard Johnson's was crazy busy. I mean, like people flew in from all over the country. You could barely walk in it. And that's ultimately why Wayne moved to the Twin Towers is because it was a much larger facility. And uh, he realized, wow, this thing was really going on. And I think it was the second, maybe third year, a guy named Tim Hohen in uh, Baltimore, uh, Maryland, put on what was called the uh, Mid-Atlantic Show. And uh, and that became the second largest show in the country. Wow. So there was basically 
the uh the, the National Breeders Expo in, in Orlando, and then the Mid-Atlantic. Those were the two monster shows. And again, I believe the Mid-Atlantic still goes on to this day, but it, it went from being like the show, uh, certainly on the East Coast, Northeast Coast, um, and the second largest show in the country, to being really, you know, like a, a local show. I mean, it's it's. I think it still goes on, but I, I don't think anyone travels at all from it. But And again, I'm not talking about 2020 because a lot of shows didn't happen this year. I'm talking as a, as a whole. Previous, but, yeah. Yeah, but that was kind of the, like the, the, the chain of events that started the shows. That was way before Repticon. That was way before, you know, obviously the super shows out, in, which, yeah, ironically enough, I told you that, you know, Rami's show just got canceled. That started actually in San Diego. The super show was in San Diego and then ultimately moved to, to uh, uh, Pomona and then ultimately moved to Anaheim just recently, so... Um, so it's just interesting to see the, the, the progression from local herb societies to international herb societies to a show in someone's basement to a show in a VFW hall in the middle of nowhere to uh, all of a sudden now reptile shows across the country and, and, and some of these shows doing you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue a year or so um, just, just from the promoter standpoint and millions of dollars worth of uh, revenue changing hands at these shows. So it's, uh, it's been cool to, to be down that path, you know what I mean? You know what my favorite thing is, though, about it is um, guys like you and Kevin McCurley from Nerd mm -hmm. that had a rock and roll background yeah. and had like a metal background yeah. and like a merch table yeah. idea mm -hmm. design. And you guys really took that rock stardom yeah. from your rock and roll days and brought it into the snake hobby and brought it into the reptile yeah. hobby where, hey, I'm going to set up this cool booth. We're going to have T-shirts. We're going to yeah. have... You know, everyone's going to be dressed in like gear so they look like roadies almost. You know what I mean? It's a it's a cool dynamic that is yeah. now the whole hobby, you know? Yeah, I think that that was one of the things that I always say that, you know, uh, um, I, I don't I, I always say that I would wouldn't want to take credit for uh, a lot of the way the actual you know, kind of, you know, keeping of animals is, yeah. is, you know, especially like a lot of times I, I've, I've said this, I've taken a lot of heat for rack systems because of, you know, our exposure online, but I had nothing to do with building racks. I've never designed a rack ever in my life. Right, not, not, right, one right, rack, right. not one rack. I have nothing to do with any rack system ever built in the reptile community. I've just always bought them. Um, uh, but, but so I haven't, I wasn't as innovative on the husbandry side, you know, I'm hoping that maybe moving forward with the Reptarium and stuff like that, we can be more uh, uh, innovative with some things down the road. But but that hasn't been my play, you know. But I, I agree with you in the sense that one of the things that we probably brought to the table was how to do a, or a show professionally. You know, because when we started out, pretty much everyone did just have cups on the table, you know. Yeah, flea market and, yeah, style. flea market yeah. style, yeah. And we were one that, I think we were the first people that I can remember going to Orlando and having a backdrop. Yeah. Like yeah. no one had backdrops. Nobody had a backdrop. And we we had a backdrop of the very first one. And and like you said, merchandising sales, we were probably one of the very first merchandising companies. Um, and we tried to bring like the perfect, I remember we were the first people to have a full color brochure. You know, we pull out a four color brochure um, and, and because then it was before the web. So you could only really market your stuff from, you know, what you have as far as, uh, uh, you know, brochures, you know? And so we were the first company that spent money on brochures and, and, uh, you know, so we tried to bring, like you said, that kind of more, you know, uh, I mean, you could say like how the rock, you know, bands went out on tour and, 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 
you know, had the merch tables and had kind of everything presented the way it was. And yeah. we tried to take that all to a next level. I mean, even to the point where like, like you said, we all wore the same shirt, you know, all the people in the crew wore the same shirt and we'd have lanyards and we'd have, you know, I mean, we had all that stuff that like no one else really had. And, Which and, sets and, you apart though, right? Yeah. Because now, you know, you, like I said, now you go and like you would fit in with the crowd because now everyone's done it. But when you came out with that, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you not go to your table? Right. You know what I mean? Because, oh my God, look at, and that's a good thing for the people at home. If you want to like try to find something that sets you apart from everybody, you know? Yeah. It's really tough. You know I mean? I had this like huge bit, you know, I had this huge like idea of like how I was going to do, you know, (laughs) I was going to, I wanted to have like the cage, you know what I mean by that is like the cage towers were on the side or whatever pillars. Yeah. And I wanted a, a canopy over our table and I wanted speakers and lights and, 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 you know, so almost like when you walked in, you'd have like maybe a little bit of trap music playing or, Hell yeah. you know what I mean? Like I wanted you to feel like you're walking into a, a clothing brand store uh, at my reptile thing. We never quite made it to that point, you know, uh, we got close. I mean, we did a lot of things that other people didn't do, but we never made it to like that final vision I had before I just stopped doing reptile shows. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like I said, I, I don't, you know, I miss the reptile shows because I miss some of the people uh, that I used to hang out with, in particular my friends and stuff like that. But but I don't miss vending, period. Yeah, I don't yeah. miss vending at a reptile show. I, it, it, and honest to God, I know some people love it, but to me, it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable to to vend a reptile show. Um, it was stressful packing the animals. It was stressful traveling with the animals. It was stressful unpacking the animals. In particular, in the wintertime was very stressful because you didn't know what the road conditions were. You know, the vans you were driving were, you know, not well insulated because you had to have a cargo van. Uh, so, you know, you're sweating up front just to keep the animals semi-warm in the back. Um, you know, heaven forbid something goes wrong and you break down or, you know, you know what I mean? There was just so many... Uh, variables that just yeah. uh, that that were miserable about it uh the actual like part of the show itself was not miserable because you got to meet people and you got to do whatever but but you also know that i've never been a fan of selling snakes right i've always said that you know i i do it and it's a means to an end to pay pay our employees and keep the the, the things going but i was never kind of excited about like you, you i wasn't the transaction I wasn't the, yeah, yeah. I wasn't the guy at the show like oh my god i just sold a two thousand dollar snake you know, like I, I just got rid of my two thousand dollars snake. Yeah, man. my attitude was yeah, like oh shit, man. Now I don't get to keep that two thousand dollars snake. Yep. Although I was appreciative, and I still am very appreciative of the people that that you know support us through buying. Um, you know, I, I've never liked that, and that's why even now BHB, it's like I'm not involved in the sales side of reptiles at all. You know, uh, I don't I don't have anything to do with it, so because it bums me out too much. But uh, <laughs> but you know that that was reptile shows. Let's hit a couple super chats. We'll keep moving on with all this topic and uh, and some other topics as well. You got it. Mac Lorenzo, our hey, buddy, just uh, Mac, what's up, brother? Threw some threw five dollars just for love. Thanks, starting Mac. off the yeah, chat, you're nice. the best, Mac. We love you, man. We do. And uh, Ryan said, uh, girlfriend got me a Boega. Is it Nidriceps? Oh, yeah, Nidriceps. Uh, for Christmas, all Boega, uh, Boega have been slept on for sure. Yeah, I just talked about that. Um, well, actually, I don't they won't know until yeah, tomorrow. That, that, that video's out tomorrow. He got some Christmas presents, too. Uh, yeah, uh, now you, it's not even tomorrow, it's the next day. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, it's two days from now. Uh, but I talk about Boega, uh, so I think you will like the the, the vlog next two videos. Out. Yeah, the next two videos you're gonna really like. Uh, uh, one is me visiting um, Scales and Tails in Ohio that does a tremendous amount of cool Boega and a Wild bunch of other stuff. stuff. I mean, and then uh, and then the next day is us getting uh, some of those animals. So uh, I think you're gonna love it, and I think that you'll be happy 
uh, that you know, you're going to see me pushing really hard on the promotional side of Boega for the next few years. They deserve it, man. I think they're really amazing. Uh, Jordan said, hey, Brian, I'm a longtime fan and just curious, how is Kelsey doing? Thank you for your solo vlogs. You know, it's really weird. Uh, and thank you for your, your uh, support. It's, it's really weird when this happens. And, and, and I don't I don't know what to say about it other than it's just weird. Uh, Kelsey, Eric uh, and, and some other people, um, you know, like you get some people like like the old crew, like George and, and, Kel, uh, and, and, and Chewy. Chewy, we stay in touch. Uh, but other people just disappear forever. Uh, Kelsey uh, was great. I mean, we always got along. She was, she kept to herself. She wasn't like, you know, a, a real, like, uh, she didn't want to like hang out with the crew and, and, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. type of stuff. But, you know, she, she left literally because she just said she was ready for a change in life. I mean, it wasn't anything personal personal it wasn't she like she working. stays in contact like i mean i talk to her a bit on facebook maria yeah. does and stuff oh, and good. Uh, i'm glad you guys do because i haven't you just don't have her. a facebook yeah. yeah maybe it's a facebook thing but I, I mean i think about her a lot because you know i obviously i see i see writing on cages that were her was yeah you know like a rack system that's got a writing that was hers and and she worked hard and she did she did a lot of good things for us and she was always a real you know real cordial person to work with never really complained uh just did her job kept to herself and and it was it, it's a bummer because uh i mean i i do wish she would stay in touch because uh she, i liked her as a person and uh i wish her the best i don't know what she's doing i have no clue because i don't know same thing with eric you know i mean it's, it's a bummer because i mean eric was uh obviously an employee of mine but also a friend of ours and even though it didn't end the way we wanted it to end um and there was some controversy with that uh, that I would never go into because I think that a lot of people heard one side of it, but didn't hear the whole story. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's something that I would always keep to myself and not spread anyways. Uh, but, uh, uh, but we still were hanging out after. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean, I mean honestly, it wasn't until COVID really set in that it kind of like more so we just stopped seeing each other as much because yeah. we couldn't see each other as much. Yeah, you know? maybe it's that, and it just and then it just got comfort yeah. comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's a bummer. I mean, again, we wish him. I mean, I still like his stuff. He likes my stuff. Every now and then, we drop each other a message, but um, but sometimes it's weird. I think that when you know when when people move on, they just kind of move on, and they just kind of forget the life, and they forget. Um, you know, some people are family forever and other people are family until they move on and then they just kind of go on their own way and people, it's kind of like high school, right? Yeah, it's you're, you're just great, like it. Yeah, you're, you're great friends with someone and then you graduate and you go on your own way and and although you still may really like that person and they may like you, uh, just uh, your life changes and, and, and you grow and you go to in different directions and, and um, it's, a, it's a bummer because I do, I, I really do care about a lot of the people that worked with me because I spent so much time with them. Uh, but I also realize that that's the reality. It's no different than if you had a job and you were working with someone for three years and then you got another job. The chances are you probably aren't going to You're stay in drift. touch yeah. with the people that you worked with, even if you like them and they like you. You know, so uh, so anyways, I wish Kelsey the best. And I hope that uh, I, you know, I'm surprised she hasn't stopped by just to see. She, I don't think she's ever even seen. the. I Reptarium. don't think she's seen the 2.0. Yeah, I don't think she's ever even seen the new place. But uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but hopefully she can stop by sometime. I'd love to see her. Uh, Roberta. And this is cool. We can lead into something else oh, here. Uh, Roberta said, I Jay, I DM'd you on Instagram to ask you a question. And did you get it? It. I did get it, Roberta. Yeah, Roberta uh, is, uh, the question was, what's the best way to keep up humidity uh, in, in enclosures? And it is, humidity is always difficult. It's the battle. It, 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 it is a battle, especially when you um, are in a cold weather state, you know, uh, mm -hmm. be, or in the desert or something like that. Uh, because in the cold weather states, of course, it dries out. Not only is it drier outside during the winter, 
uh, because of high pressure, but also it's drier inside because furnaces are going. And even with furnaces with humidifiers, it's definitely not the same as in the summertime. Right. So, you know, so it's a constant battle, you know, and there's really a couple ways to go about that. You know, you can combat it by raising the humidity, by raising the moisture level. You know, that could be uh, different bedding, coconut bedding, you know, dampening it up, having a misting system, all these types of things. The other thing to do is to reduce ventilation. Yeah. Right? You know, so if you, uh, let's say you have a screen top, if you cover three quarters of that screen top with a damp towel, you're not only reducing the amount of humidity that is leaving the tank because you're 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 taking away some of the, the, the access for it to leave, but then you also have a damp towel that's kind of trapping in moisture, you know? So so those are the two, you know, things you've got to think of. And, and, and you can, you know, you got to play with both at the same time. Yeah. How do I increase the humidity in the case? It's sometimes a bigger water bowl. Like I said, sometimes spraying stuff down. Sometimes, you know, moss, you know, hide box, all these types of things that can increase increase humidity from the inside of the cage and then from the outside of the cage, reducing the ventilation, you know, not every, some animals need ventilation and some animals need a lot of ventilations. Most animal enclosures have too much ventilation. Yeah. Most, most of them, if you have most animals that you're keeping, you probably have more ventilation than you actually need, or the ventilation isn't working the way it's properly supposed to work you know so uh by by blocking some of it off isn't going to harm the animal now keep in mind if you have a basking light on the top of the cage you know don't put a towel right by it because it could start on fire you know what i mean yeah so, of course so be smart with the way you do things but uh but yeah increasing uh uh humidity in the cage reducing ventilation are the two ways you can really adjust and then you can just play with it till you get the right situation Perfect. Uh, Amber said, just uh, for love and positive vibes. Oh, thank Shade you so you. much. I appreciate you, Amber. I really do. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Here we got Jordan came back and said, Brian, is there any way I can buy a shirt like the one you're wearing? Uh, which one am I wearing? Bananas. I don't know. No, so bananas, <sighs> I, I've wanted to, it's funny you say that. Uh, I wish. I want to rerun this particular shirt, banana shirt. Uh, and I think that I might do that. Uh, the problem is, is the company that designed the shirt isn't even in business anymore. And so we work with another company now that does all our merch. And so I think what I'm going to have to do is, is maybe, you know, send them a digital copy or something like that and see if they can kind of just copy it and get as close as they possibly can to this, this, design. Uh, this, this design and, and rerun it because it's I one of my that, favorites. Too. I think it, it, it was, it was that in, um, what the, the um, um, I think it was the Ben and Jerry shirt. Ben and Jerry. I think yeah. Ben and Jerry in this shirt by far outsold any other merch run we've ever run. Yeah. You know? Um, by a lot, you know I mean? Both. I think, I think Ben and Jerry was actually the most successful you're, campaign you're right. we've ever run. And then the, the Bella banana was the second, uh, most and then uh, I think this latest Drogo one was the third. Oh really? Because uh, I remember I think before Drogo's was the Lucy and Ivy ones. Yeah, actually I take that back. Lucy and Ivy were definitely that. That was the number three. They were crushing those, too. The, those crushed, and I think that those may those and Bella were almost identical. You know, so those were like they they almost sold the same amount of units. Uh, and then after that was a Drogo. Yeah, but know, bananas so. was always my favorite too. It looked more like a band T-shirt or yeah. something like that. You'd yeah. see. So yeah. Love so it. I. So I'm. 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 Although you know, we always talk about when we retire a design, it doesn't ever come back. Uh, this particular one, I've had so many people uh, request it come back. I may actually bring that back. So so stay tuned. That might be the ne maybe that'll be like the next run that I do. I I can't remember. I think I had one other design idea that I had going that uh, I haven't even seen. We haven't even started working on. 
because uh, we kind of just wrapped up the Drogo one. Um, and we don't like to do them back-to-back too often. We like to give a little breathing room, you know? Yeah, that's smart. You know, so we don't want people to be like, oh, shit, I got to buy more merch, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because there are a lot of people that literally, you know, feel uh, obligated to, to buy our merch, which we re- really appreciate, but I don't want to put the burden on them to every month have a new merch, you know? <laughs> yeah, like what are you, Logan Paul? To, yeah, I don't want to be uh, shoploganball.com. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, yeah so, so maybe the next run we'll try to re- revisit Bella. Uh, Frankie says, hey, Brian, just curious, are you going to be at the Reptile Expo in Vegas next month? Uh, zero that's, chance that that's, that happens. There's a zilch for me, dog. There, there is zero chance that that'll happen. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, you, and let me tell you why. Number one, uh, I, travel for me right now isn't isn't like high priority, you know. Uh, I still am a little bit twitched about travel. Uh, what are you looking up? Bob? There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, for me. That's, <laughs> that's going to be no, a no for me, dog. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is, I, you know, I just don't. You know, okay, so I don't do reptile shows hardly ever, you know, and I, I won't vend at a reptile show, I don't think, the rest of my life. Uh, that doesn't mean that maybe there might not be a reptile show that I have a, a merch booth or something like that, but I don't even know if that'll happen, um, at least for selling live animals. So so I don't do very many reptile shows. Number two, the travel is a little bit weird. And number three, I'm going to be totally honest with you, I'm not freaked out about like catching the virus because I think that if I did, I think I'd be okay. And yeah. I think there's a good chance that I may have had it back, you know, when this thing first started. Even before um, it first started. Yeah, actually before you. it first, yeah. Before I would give you the thing. most credit on that. When we went yeah. to Texas... Yeah, when we built 2.0, yeah. I was in Texas. I couldn't breathe. Like, he had an inhaler. I had an inhaler. I was I sick, too, yeah. and I had yeah. a fever, but, yeah. like, I had no symptoms. You were, like, real bad, like, scary. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I mean, if I would have known COVID was a thing. You would have been having a heart attack. I would have been in the hospital. For sure. I mean, dead serious. I would have been in the hospital. Well, on a, probably on a vent, dude, because yeah, it was an event, yeah. very scary. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, like, hard, hard, hard to catch my breath. And I, and when I breathe breathe out, I would wheeze. It was yeah. it was unbelievably terrible. But and it lasted for a couple of weeks. Uh, fever, the whole shot. Yeah, and, I'd give you. And, the most and I was legitimately building the reptarium while, <laughs> while doing go- it. While that so, was going on. What's your so excuse? I just thought I was sick. I was like, oh, I just got a virus. But um, and, and then even afterwards, I remember talking to my doctor. You know, in March. And, and him saying, oh, no, it was just February's too early. You, you wouldn't have had it in February. And now they're realizing that people had it is, is, is you know, really way, all the way back, back in yeah. November and December. So I think there's a pretty good chance that happened. you got to remember, too, that every weekend at the Reptarium, we had hundreds of people crammed in like sardines. <laughs> and I was, you know, there was no mask. There was no anything. I was hugging and slapping people's hands. And I sh- literally, I shook every person's hand as they every walked in. Person's every hand, person's hand every night. Every every like, single night, I greeted every single person that came into the reptarium um, with a handshake, <laughs> and and uh, and we didn't know about a virus. So so if anyone had that virus, there was a I mean, over the course from November, December, January until I was sick in February, there I mean, there's thousands of people that I shook their hand and didn't wash my hands right afterwards. Uh, so there's a good chance. So anyways, uh, long that was really long winded. My point is, go I'm still not sure that I want to go to a place where there's hundreds and potentially even thousands of people in a room. Yeah. Uh, even if they have masks on, I, I just don't know that I'm ready for that commitment. You know, I think that that's uh, to me, it's, I mean, you know, what, wherever you fall and I don't care where you fall <laughs> on the scale of r- this being good, bad, or otherwise, you know, is, 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 should we be locking things down? I don't care. Is this a, you know, I will say this, every person I know that thought Corona was a joke and then caught Corona 
told me they didn't think it was a joke afterwards. Yeah, it's true. So uh, including our next door neighbors uh, who were the biggest, this is a bunch of BS until they caught it yep. and, 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 and were out uh, of, of commission for a bit. Now, do I think it's a death sentence? Absolutely not, especially not for most of the, the population. But I, I, I still think that for me, uh, being responsible, that's why we have 35 people in our building, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and there was a time where we could have had as many as a hundred people and still been within regulation. And we still kept it at 35 is because we feel that that's a reasonable number. We can socially distance and, uh, and we're not putting people at risk. That's not to say that there's people still aren't at risk because they're always, there's always a chance you're at risk but, wherever uh, you go. But if that's me wanting to go to a reptile show with hundreds and hundreds of people, I just, I, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. I, and I, and I, Did I you say worth the squeeze. Run. Yeah. Oh. And so, but you know, Hey, I love Vegas. I'd love to be back. I support everyone in the hobby and, um, you know, I, I, you know, I would love to visit, you know, maybe when this whole thing is over. Dude, Jeremy's in the building. Jeremy, I just Jeremy's talked to Jeremy uh, earlier about an hour ago. Did you hear his beauty? You don't have Facebook, but he did a beautiful Facebook live tr- trumpet playing like for Christmas, dude. Yeah, I actually I, I saw that on Instagram. Oh, was it on yeah, Instagram, Instagram too? On Instagram, I was yeah. sitting outside and it was just snowing a little bit yeah. and I was listening to Jeremy. Awesome, dude. Tear man. in your eyes. Fro- little fro- bit of a, fro- it was frozen, frozen tear. Frozen tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jeremy said, uh, actually catching this live. Hey, always uh, appreciate your insights, Brian. Yeah, no, we had a great talk. We talked for, gosh, probably about an hour or so today about a lot of good stuff and and uh, he's a good dude, man. I've known him for a long time and he's a dear, dear friend. I'm, I feel very, very blessed to have him as a friend. Oh, me too, man. Stephanie says, uh, you and Steve Irwin are my idols. I love animals and wish I could work with them like you do. Well, man, that, that you know, number one, thank you. Number two, um, <laughs> to even be mentioned in, in the same sentence as, as Steve is is an honor beyond belief and very humbling. You know, I mean, I think Steve did, you know, and, 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 and for the record, I don't think that um, anyone will ever reach the level of, of, uh, exposure that Steve reached, uh, for, for animals across the world. And I don't think anyone should ever try to, uh, yeah. it, I think it's going to be a collective for the rest of we our talked life. About this the other day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a collective of all kinds of people doing what one person was able to achieve. Uh, and he's a one in a million. I mean, I don't think that that, that was lightning in a bottle, you know, uh, I don't think that that'll ever happen again forever, yeah. ever. I don't think there'll ever be a more influential wildlife conservation guy on the planet ever, ever, period. And uh, and, and that doesn't mean, and, and everyone knows I'm an unbelievable, huge David Attenborough fan. So there's no diss on, on any wildlife guys, you know, any of those guys from Nigel Marvin to Jeff Corwin to Austin Stevens, no diss on anyone. But Steve Irwin was in a league of his own and, uh, and, and, and no one will ever even... You know, no one will even, you know, breach that shadow uh, yeah. ever again. Okay, so let's put modesty aside just mm-hmm. for a second, right? Yeah. What does 15-year-old Brian feel when he hears that, though? Like, hey, you and Steve yeah. Irwin are my idols. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's, it, it, like you said, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's, it's hard for me to process. <laughs> and you know me, Jay. I know, I, I know. That's I, why I'm trying know, to get you to not yeah, be so yeah, humble yeah. right now. You know me, Jay. Beautiful. I have a hard time, like, accepting that type of accolade, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I think back to the time that I met Steve Irwin's dad for the first time. We're friends now and we've hung out quite a bit. Um, and, and I remember the first time I was at, not only when I met Bob, Steve's dad, um, but also the first time I was at his house. Um, and I'll tell a quick story. Please um, 
you know, I, 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 you know, so weirdly enough, a, a friend of mine was putting on a reptile show down in, in, in Homebush, Australia, and they invited me to be the keynote speaker at, at the, the, the banquet. And somehow, I, and I don't know, this could be bullshit. So I'm just going to tell you the way I, I remember it and it, it could be wrong. Uh, she said that Bob wanted to come over and meet me. Don't know if that's true. Maybe she was just trying to make me feel good. Right. So, but Bob did come over and met me, <laughs> he met me and, uh, and, and, and he came over and, and I remember I was kind of speechless, you know, like, holy shit, this is Bob Irwin, Steve's dad slash the, the, the guy that started the Australia zoo and, and, and all this stuff. And, and then Bob came over, we chatted for about 10 minutes. And I will say this, this was, I, I don't think I've ever told this story before Ooh. this particular part of this. I've told the story, but I don't think I've ever told this particular part of the story is that, um, you know, obviously Bob is a legend, you know, in Australia, not only because of Steve, but he was the, you know, the, the founder of, of the Australia Zoo and, and, and he's a legend. And so, um, you know, I had seen before he came over that people were taking pictures with him and stuff like that. So Bob walks up and, and introduces himself, uh, with my friend Judy and, uh, who's the promoter. And, um, He's like, yeah, Bob. And he's like, we're chit-chatting, chit-chatting. And this little boy, maybe 12 years old, 10, 12 years old, comes up and said, oh, can I get a picture? And and Bob uh, uh, turns to him and says, yeah, son, no problem. And, and the guy goes, the kid goes, no, I was talking to Brian. Swear to God that happened. No way, <laughs> really? I was just like, I was just like, like, I didn't even know what to say. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm here with Bob and this kid wants my picture instead of Bob. Isn't and, that weird? And, uh, and, and so I don't think I've ever told that, that particular story. I think Judy was the only one that ever knew that that had happened. But, uh, but as it worked out, we actually took a picture with me, him and, and Bob. Um, and certainly Bob was a bigger celebrity at that show than I was, but that was snake bites pre, pre, pre vlog, but it was snake bites days. Um, and, um, and, and so anyways, Bob invited me to his house, you know, Bob, Bob said, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> and I said, I'm wide open. What are you doing? Yeah, you know? Yeah. And he said, uh, I'd love for you to come and visit and, and see, uh, the place, you know, see, see the, the farm. And, and I was like, um, uh, 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 uh. I was like, <laughs> and by the way, it was in Ipswich. It was not in Homebush. That Homebush was a, another show called the, the Easter show. I, I apologize. I just realized that it was the Ipswich Queensland show. And, uh, so of course I was like, yes, let's do it. You know? And, and Judy said, well, I'll take you there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So, so I wake <laughs> up, yeah, I wake up in the morning. We, we leave. Cause it was like a two and a half hour drive. We leave pretty early in the morning. Uh, we're driving there and, and, and Bob's place is called camp Chile. It's a 600 acre, uh, parcel, uh, you know, not too far from the Australia zoo. And we, uh, we, we pull up and, um, Bob's wife, Steve's mother-in-law, um, comes running to the fence because there's like two layers of fence to get into the, the compound. And she comes to the fence, she goes, Brian, Brian, quick, Bob said there's a there's a brown snake in the yard, come quick. <laughs> so I have, I'm shooting snake bite stuff, you know, and I, I, I so I grab my camera and I, and I run and run and run. And it's now, it's it's like, you know, about noon, it's, it's 98 degrees outside and there's this you know, third most deadly snake on the planet yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. it is, you know, this brown fully snake. heated up, yeah, fully <laughs> heated up. And, and, and I was not by any sense, you know, uh, an elapid, uh, expert at the time, not that I am now, but I can tell you now I would have caught that snake at the, <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. time I was not as, is you know, as, as, as experienced as I am now with, with dealing with the lapid. So, so I run over there and I try to grab its tail 
And it flies back at me like a mother effer. I mean, just like, wah! And, and it flies back at me. It flies back at me. It flies back at me. And ultimately, it, uh, it gets underneath Bob's porch, which is about three foot high, a wooden porch. <laughs> and so, you know, again, I'm, I'm not thinking straight. You know, it gets under the porch. I, like, immediately drop to my knees, climb under the porch. And I'm, I'm like, climbing under this porch on my hands and knees. And, and I look over, and 70-year-old Bob is right next to me on my, my hand, his hands and knees uh, under the porch <laughs> with me. And two things came to my mind at that very second. It's number one, holy shit. I am under a porch <laughs> looking for a brown snake with Steve Irwin's dad. And I thought, how many times did this kind of scenario happen in Steve's life with his dad and him? And, oh, my God. And, and, that, and then the second thing that came to thing was like, what the fuck am I going to do if I catch if the snake? Is, <laughs> I, I'm like, please don't let the snake show up because I am on my hands and knees with a brown snake. I am not catching the snake. Damn, you know? dude. And thankfully, the snake never showed up. Uh, and, and we crawled under the port out of the porch and had a beautiful day together. Interestingly enough, a couple, maybe a week later, Bob sends me an email with a picture of him holding, mm-hmm. uh, the brown snake and said, I got it. Uh, oh God, you know, dude. and said, uh, something like, uh, you know, he's made some pun about me being a Yankee. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and for years, uh, that was the ongoing joke with me and Bob is, is, you know, that I couldn't catch brown snakes. <laughs> And then ultimately, when we shot the Discovery Channel Venom Hunter show, we shot on Bob's property. And and not only did I catch a bunch of brown snakes that day with Bob watching, by the way, which was uh, another fucking crazy thing in my life is to be filming for Discovery with Bob watching me film. And I thought to myself, now I will say the only thing that I know his feedback, he did tell me that, uh, the, you know, although we know a, a lot of what Steve did was, was set up, you know, it wasn't real, you know, that's just television. Yeah. Um, Discovery reality is even worse than that. And, and Bob did kind of say, yeah, when we used to film with Steve you know, it wasn't, it wasn't as scripted is, is what you guys did. And, yeah, and, yeah. and so it was, it wasn't kind of like let was, Steve go a little bit. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and so, you know, I, I don't think he appreciated our uh, uh, filming as much as he appreciated Steve's filming, which I don't blame him, you know. But uh, but but to, to cap that story off, um, we were driving home the night that we met Bob and went to, or the, the next day when I was at Camp Chili. And, and he took us on this great tour of the entire campus. And we had lunch, we had dinner. I remember walking into his kitchen and there was a, a, a wedding picture of Steve and Terry um, and, and, and the whole wall was just Steve, you know, personal family pictures. And, and, the, and probably the thing that caught me the most was that there was a picture on the, or, or a, a frame on the wall with Steve's first license to capture crocodiles what? when he was 13. And I, and I remember looking at that, getting the chills thinking like, that's where it started. This yeah. permit is where the whole thing started because if Steve wouldn't have had the permit to collect crocodiles, uh, this whole thing may not have happened. And, uh, so it was, it was a pretty interesting day, but anyway, so as we leave in the evening, we're heading back, uh, back to town and, and, and Judy looks over at me and says, Brian, are you okay? And, and I was like, I go, why? Yeah. Why? She goes, did you have a good time today? I go, yeah, I, I, it was, it was one of the most amazing days I can ever remember. And she goes, well, I just thought maybe something's wrong because since I've known you, you've never stopped talking <laughs> and uh, you have literally said hardly anything all day. And, and it was right. I was so in awe of Bob that I couldn't hardly bring myself to talk. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt like a little kid and yeah. I've told the story a million times how like I've, I've met so many big celebrities and hung out with so many big celebrities 
and and nobody intimidates me. Like I mean, you know, I, I it's not that I'm arrogant. I'm just not that. It, it's just that I look at people as people. Right. Yeah, I don't care what kind of a following you have. I don't care what kind of a person you are. I mean, there are, don't get me wrong. There are times I meet people. And I'm like, wow, I cannot fucking believe that I just met yeah, this yeah, guy, yeah, you know, yeah. or I can't believe I'm hanging out with, with Carrie from Slayer or whatever the case may be. Um, and we'll talk about that later. Cause someone asked a question about that, but, um, but I've, I, I've said, and now I've, I, again, I've, I've hung out with Bob a bunch stayed at his, you know, as place I've, I've filmed, three days for Venom Hunters on his property. Uh, so I know him pretty well. We've stayed in contact very well. And um, and still every time I'm with Bob, I'm intimidated. Oh, I, I, you know, I, feel, I feel like a kid. Like I, I feel like I don't want to say too much because I don't want to sound like an idiot, you know? Yeah. And, um, but it's, uh, it, yeah, that was a pretty special thing. So Steve is uh, still, still to this day, you know, although, you know, I started before Steve was around, right? You know, not 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 the uh, the, the uh, media side of my my business, but I started with reptiles long before Steve was on TV. Um, but Steve was still a huge impact to me, and it was someone I still idolized tremendously, and and will forever. Dude, that's awesome. It's such a beautiful story, you know. Yeah. Um, before we get into other super chats, I actually was reading through the comments, and uh, Brit's Zoo said. Uh, hey, Brian, I came into a Chuckawalla that oh doesn't gosh. really fit well for my collection. Was wow. wondering if you would be interested. I'd love to gift it to the Reptarium. I would love that. So, I mean, you know, let's make sure that all the legality is there. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Ta- please uh, message me message, on Instagram yeah. at yeah. Tomsky, and I'll make sure I get it to yeah. Brian. And we can figure it all out. Yeah. As long as all the legality is there, because I don't know exactly what, like, you know, for instance, if it's from Arizona, I don't know exactly what the situation is. As long as it's legal, I want them badly. So, yeah. so thank you so much. Please DM me. We'll look into into uh, how we can do it to make sure that that we're doing everything on the up and up and and uh, it would be a great addition to the zoo and i can't thank you enough awesome so uh jordan said i keep forgetting to ask but uh does anyone in the crew watch the show supernatural i do not i no, don't know you know i i don't watch a lot of tv series okay yeah. you know I, I i i've learned to watch uh more tv this you know <laughs> during covid season ever and let me tell you really quick why uh, prior to to uh, my anxiety, which I am going to do. Listen, I want to do one of these solo podcasts literally with the main topic being my anxiety and, and how I've dealt with it and how I've gotten better. Not a hundred percent better, but, but definitely uh, better. Yeah. I mean like 98% better, uh, which is a big difference from, from where yeah. I was. Um, but anyways, my point is, is that one of the reasons why I didn't watch a lot of TV was I used to feel guilty watching TV. I used to feel like I'm watching TV and I should be working or I should be doing something. And that's a lot has to do with a lot of the pathology that I have that makes me anxious, right? Uh, makes me feel like I'm, I'm inadequate. So I have to work harder. And if I'm not working hard, I'm going to be, you know, people aren't going to respect me and I'm going to be a loser and all these other things, which are all these things that causes my anxiety. Those are my root causes for anxiety. And, and that's one of the reasons why I, I think that I've gotten much better with my anxiety is that I've kind of come to all these breakthroughs of why I am who I am, you know, and, 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 and I have a lot of issues, you know, I mean, a lot of issues and I've, I was raised a lot of problems and, 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 but everyone has them, but, but, you know, some people deal with them differently and so on like that. So anyways, my point is, is that, um, uh, uh, 
I, I didn't watch TV because I felt guilty. Well, now I've, I've, I now can watch TV and say, I deserve this. Yeah. I, I deserve a break. I deserve to shut my mind off and just numbly watch a show. That being said, there's a lot of television shows out there, <laughs> and I haven't watched any of them my whole life. So I'm slowly watching television shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Supernatural is right up my alley from what I can tell, uh, much like American Horror Story. You know, I haven't watched that either. Uh, these are, these are uh, shows I think I would probably really enjoy. Will I ever get around to it? I don't know, because I still have a pretty limited amount of time I can watch television. So I, I'm like even the Mandalorian, I'm a huge Star Wars guy and the Mandalorian. I, I've only watched the first two episodes of this season. I haven't even caught up on that. Um, so uh, as a matter of fact, lately I haven't watched much TV at all. I, well, I shouldn't say that. This month, this month, it's been great. This month I've watched a lot of Christmas movies. Yeah, that's you what know? I was going to say. Yeah. You, you haven't been yeah. watching TV, but you've been yeah. watching Christmas stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching, yeah, I've watched all the Christmas movies. And we really wanted this Christmas season to be special, our family. Uh, and it has been, and uh, I spent a lot of time watching TV, you know, Christmas movies with the fam, and uh, even last night we watched uh, Jingle Jangles, which is a, a great Netflix show, uh, movie, uh, if you like kind of, you know, Disney musical type things, yeah, yeah. I, I highly suggest it, um, so we watched that till about 11 o'clock, 11.30 last night or something oh, like that, awesome. so, uh, so yeah, so, but yeah, Supernatural is something I, I would like to watch at some point. Uh, Mark the Nerd says, my ball python... I think it's Montressa mm -hmm. says hi. Ah, I will tell Montressa I said hi as well. Thank <laughs> you very much. I appreciate you. Uh, Jazz says, thanks for sharing your life, Brian. I know you don't keep reptiles at your house, but could you do a house tour one day? Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I could, uh, and, and I've kind of started to, <laughs> well, I'm redoing our master bathroom. One of the things <laughs> that, that people may not know about me is I'm always like, I've always there's got, always something. There's always a building project. There's always a remodel. There's always something going on in my life. And and so right now, as a matter of fact, today I got the our new vanity showed up today for the master bath, and that was the last piece that I have to do. Y'all need to see this toilet before. Bro. Yeah, my toilet, my toilet's pretty crazy. Uh, it, yeah, I put it. I put a new toilet in that's pretty pretty modern. It's pretty modern, dude. It's pretty it's, modern. I'm it's gonna put them modern. around my table. I said. So. Yeah, yeah. There, it's it's it, it, it's it was a crazy install, but uh, it, I've installed a lot of toilets, and that that was the the wildest install I've ever had in my entire life because of the modern sleek look of it. It was very very difficult. But anyways, my point is is that mm -hmm. I, I yeah, I'll do a house tour sometime because I've kind of always like kind improving the house and making it my own private oasis obviously the backyard has a really nice pond in it and we built the shed and the fence and we have a sauna and a cold tub uh and, and all kinds of different things you know big patio and and just kind of making my own little private oasis you know i don't need a lot of things in life i don't need a lot of material things and and certainly my, my house is a decent house it could be a lot bigger if i wanted to um but i don't want to i'm happy i'm happy with the, the you know i mean it's it's big enough to be big not big enough to be obnoxious, yeah. you know? And, and, and as a matter of fact, I remember, uh, and I won't mention the name, but it was a reptile guy that, um, uh, I think it sounds, I don't really know the guy's history, but it sounds like maybe he had a lot of money or something like that. And he got into the reptile world. But I remember once, and I almost wondered if it was a little like of a underhanded smash at me. I'm not really sure, but he said like, he goes, you know, I love the fact that you live so, you know, you, you live so modestly, Brian, because, you know, uh, it, but the way he said it was kind of like, kind of almost like a, <laughs> a oh, backhanded you, compliment. Yeah, like, you, oh, you live in a, a such a small little place. And, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, my place is, I mean, we have a 3,500 
3,400 square foot house. So it's not like it's a small house. No, you know not, I mean? by, not by any but, means. But it's not like, it's not huge. You know, I mean, like I said, I think uh, people probably even that make the money I we've made, you know, probably would live in a, a you know, bigger place or something. But I, I think that's ridiculous because I almost think that, as a matter of fact, now if Noah moves out, you know, what do what we What are you going to do with all this room? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like why would we need more room? You know I'm with mean? you, man. You know, so I'm not saying I'm going to downsize because the house that I I, ha- I live in is very special to me. I built it myself, you know, like, and, and I always tell people when people say, oh, yeah, I built my house. I didn't hire someone to build my house. I built my house. You know, I mean, I hammer and nails built my house and, and, and it was on my grandparents lot um, that I, I knew since I was a two weeks old. They moved into the, the house when I was two weeks old. So, so there's a lot of special like s- sentimental value to my house. You know, not only that we built it, um, my family, uh, my daughter was, was nine years old when we moved in, but Noah was only a year old. So we've had like this whole, like, you know, memory lane of my children growing up there and, and all that stuff. And, and I don't see myself moving because it, so in the, in the meantime, I'm just kind of making it exactly what I want it to be my private oasis you know I can go there and do my sauna and, and and hot tub cold tub I can hang out and do do bonfires in the backyard I can um do whatever I want to do you know and that's that's nice so yeah I'll do that but yeah I don't and the reason I'll keep reptiles at home is literally because I go home to sleep yeah know? there's no time and, to uh, take yeah care of I don't I don't I don't go home you know, I mean, I, I, I'm here all the time or on the road or whatever. Well, this year I haven't been on the road as much, but, but you know, I'm, I'm never really home. So if I had reptiles there, they would be neglected. Yeah. Um, Daniel, uh, says, hi, Brian, just want to say hello from Germany. Love mm-hmm. YouTube, love your YouTube vlog and Thank even you. your podcast. Stay healthy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And good luck from uh, Germany. We're just talking about Germany, so uh, just talking about Germany the other day about how we can't wait to get back over there. So um, got a lot of travel plans, you know, probably more travel plans than I could probably do in the next couple of years. But, uh, but we're definitely, when we can travel and the world is, is, uh, whatever, whatever it turns out to be and, 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 and beyond whatever we're at now, um, and, and that it's safe to travel and it's safe to, to, to do not whatever, uh, we're going to be on a tear. We're going to be on a tear, you know, so. Stay, um, stay, stay ready for it. Stay ready, baby. Uh, Frankie said, I figured that with, uh, he was the one that asked about Vegas. He said, I figured that with how you feel about traveling right now. Yeah. Just thought I'd ask. Love the vlogs and the podcast. Thank you so much. And, and again, you know, it's, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll get there. And I love Vegas, but I will say Vegas was a. It, it, it was the one place yeah, that uh, yeah, got yeah. me a little bit more yeah, like, hyped was, up than, because the rest of the trip, it was just us in an RV. Yeah, yeah. That was the only place we were around people, you know? Yeah, Vegas. I don't think I'll go back to Vegas until pan- this pandemic is over. You know, because yeah. Vegas felt really not very Vegas. Kind of dirty. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't. It wasn't really Vegas-y. that too. Yeah, wasn't really Vegasy. So, but I, I do love Vegas, and I'll be back. You know, and and uh, yeah. Also, be ready for that. Curtis <laughs> said, uh, "Hey, wondering if you could talk about how you got into blue tongues and your process for breeding, caring for them. I have a blue tongue yeah. and a few snakes, and would love to get into breeding. Thanks." Yeah. So, it, first off, we're downsizing our blue tongue skinks right now, um, just because they they really do take a lot of care. Uh, not care, not care. Breeding is a little bit difficult uh, in 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 numbers and volume because you have to each animal you have to breed, you have to watch the entire process. You can't just throw them together like a snake you have to watch the entire process it takes a tremendous amount of time and energy so when i was first getting into blue tongue skinks and i really still believe blue tongues are one of those really underappreciated animals i mean they're truly amazing pet reptiles um 
really are easy to care for. You know, I've, I've said this a, a ton of times. Like if you go to Australia and you go into a pet shop, a reptile pet shop, and, and you ask, you know, what's a great pet for my kid to have, first kid to, you know, have nine out of 10 times they're going to say, I'll oh, get a blue tongue lizard, you know, and they call them blue tongue lizards there. Um, they're not going to even say bearded dragon, you know, whereas here we might say, oh, I'll get a leopard gecko or a crested gecko or a bearded dragon. There they're going to say, get a blue tongue lizard. And, um, and, and, and that's just, uh, the truth, you know, and, and, and so, uh, they're really great animals. The only reason we're downsizing it is number one, we're trying to focus more on reptarium stuff. We need more space that's taking up a lot of space. They take up a lot of time for the breeding side of things. And I really did realize that they don't scale the way I thought they would. And that no pun in scale is, is that to breed five blue tongue skinks, you could probably get four or five litters a year to breed 50 females you're going to get maybe 20 litters a year because it's very hard to scale that up, you know? And and there was a period of time where I wanted to have like, you know, 500 blue tongue skinks. (laughs) And I realized pretty quickly that with a hundred blue tongue skinks, 500 was, was like someone would have to be working day and night just to breed them. You know, the rest of the year taking care of 500 be easy because they're really not that hard animals to take care of. But the breeding side to breed, 500 females would be literally like almost impossible. You would have to have five people working and it's only like a, it's only like a five or six week window where you'd be breeding them. So, but for that five or six weeks, you'd need five or six people full time, just breeding skinks. And so I realized that that just wasn't obtainable to breed skinks on the level that I thought. And then ultimately when I look at, you know, okay, what needs to give, um, I think that, you know, blue tongue skinks seem to be the area that I can probably call out where, um, you know, we keep, you know, a small group of them that I love, I breed and I have a great time with them, but not have a hundred blue tongue skinks that yeah. take up a tremendous amount of time, space and energy. Uh, but they're, they're really great animals. And, and I really do encourage people if you haven't gotten a blue tongue skink to get one in particular, if you can stay away from, I shouldn't say stay away because I, I do like the Uriangias and the, and the, the Halamaheras, but, and even the Kiensis, but um, but if you can go to the Australian stuff, that's, that's the, they're, they're just better animals. They're tamer. They're easier to care for. They are easier to breed. Um, and, and they're, they're, they're the colors are, are more dynamic. So, uh, I would, you know, Northerns obviously are the most common of the Australians. Uh, Easterns aren't that uncommon, uh, but they're more money. But, uh, but both of those are, are what my recommendation for blue tongue skinks would be. Uh, Courtney says, hope everyone had a super Merry Christmas. Oh uh, yeah. Thank you so to much. You as well. You know, I tell you, you know, um, so I'm going to touch a little bit on anxiety. I'll talk about it a little bit more later, but I do something that's called image cycling every morning. So when I wake up in the morning, before I get out of bed, I, I do a, a 10 or 12 minute image cycling where it just goes through and it kind of sets the mood for what you want the day to become. It's a, it's a form of meditation. Part of my anxiety, uh, uh, ritual to get better. And one of them is, is to imagine, uh, perfect mental and physical health, right? Imagine what it's going to feel like the smells, the taste, the sounds, you know, what are you going to feel like? And, um, in, in, in one of the things I've been doing, so starting back in March, when I really got anxious and started doing this image cycling, probably maybe April, actually, when I started doing this, I looked at 4th of July and every morning from April till 4th of July, I would image cycle the, the 4th 
like, okay, on the 4th, I'm going to be sitting around my backyard with my family. We're going to be doing this celebration and, and whatever the case may be. And at that time, again, we thought that maybe COVID would be almost gone by July. So, so that was the image. Well, well, July came and I was pretty anxious and, and I didn't really have that great of a 4th of July. Uh, and then right after the 4th of July, I started immediately thinking about Thanksgiving you know, and, and sitting around the table with my family, you know, turkey, whatever the case may be. And, um, and I got much better, but, but Thanksgiving came and it wasn't that good. You know, I, I didn't feel great that day. I felt disconnected. I felt, uh, uh, you know, what, what they would call tired and wired, you know, so I was exhausted, but yet my, my, my endorphins were going crazy and I, I felt very anxious and it wasn't a great day. I enjoyed it the best I could. And then from, Thanksgiving till Christmas, I am recycled Christmas. Well, Christmas was yester yesterday. I don't remember. Yeah, it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was. Um, and, and it was a beautiful day. It was exactly what I image cycled. It was it was a wonderful day to the point where I didn't tell you this, Jay. Um, yeah, I said grace before dinner and I cried. Oh yeah, that's I fucking beautiful, man. Because because it, it, it I was so happy. I was so happy that I finally had the day that I had been dreaming about since since April. You so know, nuts, man. and uh, and I've had days. I mean, like normal days, but but a significant day that I've been thinking about that you've I, wanted I, to be yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, and I just wanted, and I told my daughter this, and I told everyone when they asked what I wanted. I said I just want an anxiety free, happy day with my friend, friends, and family, the people I love. And uh, that's exactly what I got. So it was, it, this will probably go down as my favorite Christmas ever. Oh, that's so sick. You know? And so, um, so yeah, yeah. So thank you. Uh, Odie Reptile says, you are the Steve Irwin to me. Ever since 2014, you inspired me to start a small business selling reptiles locally in Fontana, California as a 17-year-old girl. Well, listen, uh, again, it, it's humbling to hear that. You know, it's, it's, it's beyond humbling to hear that. And um, I, 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 I hope and pray that I can live up to that, uh, that, that expectation for as long as I can possibly live. And, and it means so much to me. It's, you know, it's, it's hard for me as a person that doesn't take compliments well and feels, you know, and they, this is again, a, a pathology I'm working on, you know, this thing that like, even when someone says something nice to me, I don't feel I deserve it. You know, yeah. uh, that's, hard. that's, that's a tough one because I should, what I should do is say, thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah. And, 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 and not and, like, no, know, no, no, I'm not that yeah. guy. And, and, like, and in my head, I spin, uh, my head spins around saying like, I don't deserve that. I shouldn't be that, you know, you should pick a better mentor. You know, these are the things that go around in my head because I don't feel worthy of that. So, so, but I'm working on that and I'm trying to accept uh, those compliments. You have really uh, pretty eyes. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank, uh, thank you. Well, yeah, that I'll accept from you. Jay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but, um, so no, just thank you, and and I'll keep working. And and, and listen, comments like that uh, do inspire me to work harder and to, to to be more and to to be the best version of me that I can possibly be. Well, that's good because Skittle Bunny said you're the reason I have pursued a career in animals since 2015. My wow. family doesn't believe in me yet. I continue to follow my dreams thanks to you. Well, listen, Skittle Bunny, I don't. I mean, listen, I you'll love your family. Your family means you know should be more to you than anything. But that doesn't mean you have to listen to them about your future. And and I can tell you right now, if your family doesn't support you with what you want to do, um, you can still love them for everything else, but fuck them in that attitude. Yeah. Um, because that's bullshit. And I know that not only because my family never supported me on anything, 
and still don't on most things. Um, and, and I've paved a pretty good life and, 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 and done things. You know, I mean, Lori said this the other day. She was talking to me about it. And we occasionally she'll say this and stuff like that. Is that, I mean, the last 10 years of our life has been pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, <laughs> what was the thing the other day that we were saying about that? Like, my name is Brian Barjik and my life is pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, do you remember what shit. we said? It was it was something really funny. I but, can't remember. I'll try to think about it. But yeah, I don't think about it. But yeah. it, our life is pretty nuts and has been pretty nuts. And, and, and but, but really, the last 30 years of our life has been pretty insane. And, and, and you know, we haven't not only have we done well in life on all levels, but, and there's been ups and downs. I mean, it's not like by, by no means it's, it's <laughs> our life just, uh, uh, you know, to this 2020 kind of summarized our life in a lot of ways <laughs> where like, you know, there was, it was the worst year of my life and the best year of my life. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's been kind of the, the mantra of my whole life. That being said, um, you know, I wouldn't trade what I've done and, and, and yet my family still has never supported me and never thought that I did things. You know, even when I started to become successful financially, then it turned from like, you shouldn't do this because you're, you're wasting your life to you're working too hard. And, and what good are you doing just by making money? You know, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Instead of just saying like, Brian, you've done such a good job. I'm so proud of you. Just keep, well, but I believe that whether you want to work with animals or you want to go into, you know, space force, um, hmm. you should be supported. And, and I've supported my son and I've supported my daughter in every decision they've made. I will tell them if I think they're going down the wrong path, if I think, you know, my wisdom, you know, to give them advice. But if they decide not to take my advice and say, no, dad, this is what I want to do. I will 110% support everything they do. So I'm sorry you have to go through what yeah. I've went through uh, with a family that's not been supportive. Um, but if you, if you give up, we're coming for you. Yeah. Don't give well, up. I'm not letting don't, you give up. Give, Cause listen, you know, don't do it. Don't, don't, I probably used yeah. that motivation in the wrong way. Um, which again is not a good thing, you know, to, to have that chip on your shoulder. Like I'm going to show them, I'm going to prove to them. Cause the problem is, is that you will never prove to yeah, them. Yeah. That chip stays that, on your that, shoulder. Yeah. You will yeah. never No, Every time you reach a goal, you will have another goal to reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never, you know, th- life is the journey. It's ne- yeah. never the destination. And, uh, but that being said, um, you know, if you don't follow your dreams, you will forever regret it. Even if you follow your dreams and fail, which I've done many times, yeah. I can always look back and say, yeah, I did it. It didn't work. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the, the end goal is the same, right? Like right. no matter what. So like either you try and you fail and you end up doing something you don't love, or you just end up doing something you don't love. Right. Exactly. So, who yeah. cares? Exactly. And, and so, you know, just, just keep, keep that going, but thank you for your support. Uh, Rebecca Lynn said blessings to you and your family, including your reptarian family. Uh, thank you blessings so much. To you yeah. too. Blessings to oh, you. Oh, you brought too. up space force. You know, they call them guardians now. Guardians. Yeah, like you know how like you know each branch has like kind of like their yeah. own thing they're called. Well, they are the guardians. Well, yeah, so the know. guardians of the galaxy. I know, I dude. Know. I'm, I'm like waiting for this little raccoon. Oh, to pop it's out. Probably, I'm telling you, man. There's there's some shit coming, man. There's there's some some UFO shit coming. Why would they be called guardians? I know. If, what if are they, they guarding us yeah, from? What are they guarding us from? China. Because remember, originally Space Force was like, well, this is mainly about like you know the junk in space, and and now there's this and there's that. Now all of a sudden they're guardians. I can't believe that no one thought. Of Space Force before Donald Trump, that's crazy to me, right? It, 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 
I, I the Air Force I, used to do it. Yeah, kind I, of. I don't really know what like <laughs> the origin of the the like. Did someone tell Trump oh, to do this, sure, or yeah. or did he come up with it on his own one day in the Oval Office? I don't know the story behind it, but I can guarantee <laughs> you, for the rest of attorney, he's going to take credit for oh, it. Oh my God, you and don't so, even know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, a hundred years from now, there's going to be a, a, a you know the Starship uh, Trump. <laughs> you oh, know? big gold, big gold letters. Um, what is this? Let Roses Burn said, rip Jeremy Bullock. I don't know who that is, but rest in peace. Can you pull that up? I mean, yeah. Can you pull that is it up? somebody we know? I don't know. Jeremy Bullock. I don't know who that is. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel terrible that I don't know if it's someone we should know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know who that is. Jeremy, there's it's been a lot of people that have passed this year, unfortunately. Oh, is this, uh, the, the, was that Boba Fett? Um, let me see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars Episode Two: Revenge of the Sith. When did he pass away? Just recently, like today. Yeah, December seventeenth. Oh no, seventeenth, seventeenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Huh? Well, rest in peace. Well, Maybe because you of your it might have been from your comment from the Mandalorian. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 listen, I, I'm a huge Star Wars guy. I mean, I I should know. I, I you know, okay. So I'm I like watching Star Wars. I'm probably terrible at Star Wars trivia. Oh my god, you know what I mean? Like, I are you though? You know, You're really good at Christmas story trivia, and Christmas you've never even watched trivia, that. Yeah, and Forrest Gump. Yeah, so you gotta get better at it. Dude. I I'll, I'll get better at it. Yeah. Uh, a jolly said, uh, "Hi, Brian. My chocolate ball python named Noodle." Says hi. Uh, tell Noodle. Uh, to, uh, tell Noodle. I said I. We did do the first chocolate ball pythons. By the way, did you Isn't know? That did crazy? you know that? I knew that. Okay, but I they didn't know, know, if you that. know that. Yeah. So chocolate ball pythons originated here at BHP. You kidding me? I ask every time. All right. <laughs> uh, Tiffany said, "Hey, Brian and Jay. So back to the merch. I will definitely be there for the Bella and Ben and Jerry merch rerun if possible. Also, can you make?" Uh, Helen merch that would be cool. That would be. I cool. think Helen merch could come for sure. Ben and Jerry will never come back, unfortunately. Yeah, we can't do uh, it. We can't do it <laughs> per uh, the uh, free ice desist. cream we got. <laughs> so Ben and Jerry's uh, the company reached out to us after we did the Ben and Jerry's merch, and um, <laughs> and they were unbelievably kind. How I a mean, company like, should handle it. I mean, yeah. I tell people all the time. I liked Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I now love that company because uh, they could have. You know, because we did kind of infringe on some copyright, right? We we used their their logo, Ben and Jerry's Mice Cream, yeah. and um and but they reached out to us and were very very kind and funny and funny. Uh, the, yeah. I mean the the letter hysterical was like hysterical, yeah, yes, hysterical, and we know that you're not slithering around. And they just said, you know, can you please not use our logo with in the future mice on it. yeah with mice in it because <laughs> mice cream is not exactly part of our brand and uh and then they and, and of course i responded by of course and they allowed us to run the merch uh because i said it's you know it ends next week and they said go ahead finish your run uh but please just don't use that in the future and then after i said of course i won't they they literally responded and said could you send us our address your address we'd like to send you a care package and they sent us ice cream they sent us koozies and shirts and spoons and i mean it was really uh, i think the most classy way a company because they could have just literally sent a cease and desist saying if you keep doing this we're going to sue you and they did not do that they never threatened me they never uh they 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 were uh, unbelievable so literally ben and jerry's merch won't come back that's not to say we won't do future ben and jerry merch we just won't do that merch run with the the ice cream on it yeah. or the mice cream on it um but i will say huge huge shout out to ben and jerry's for being a, a, really the company that you wish every major company would be yeah go pick up your pint tonight guys yeah i mean it's not you know I figure big companies like to 
push around small companies. Oh, of course. And, uh, and, and, and they handle it in the complete opposite way. And, and uh, I, I hope that, you know, I'd like to think we would always do that no matter how big we get. Uh, let roses burn in the building. Said, What's happening? She said, uh, when you mentioned reptarium figures, you meaning like custom RJs need a designer? Ooh, do you have do you, do you do some do you, do you do some uh, Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. Uh, let roses burn is that we wanted to maybe I am am uh, exploring the opportunities to potentially do little figurines, um, not figure like play like toys, you know, like uh, vinyl slash plastic. I don't know what would work the best. Uh, that would be you know Perdita and and and, and salt and pepper maybe maybe Ben and Jerry. Um, you know, Bella. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how many we would do, but but the the problem is is that we would have to be able to produce them in the numbers that we could keep the price point cheap, right? Yeah. You know, so if we have to charge, the problem is like we do custom plushies, right? And so we we also do uh, uh, a company that does zoo plushies for almost every zoo in the country. And then we do pl custom plushies, Salt, uh, Bella, and Matilda. Well, it costs us more than we retail the other ones, right? So, so if we retail one for uh, ten bucks, like someone can buy it for ten bucks, it costs us twelve dollars to make ours. So we have to sell them for eighteen or twenty bucks, or we can't do it. And and by the way, we have to buy ten thousand of them at a time. So when we buy ten thousand Matildas, it costs us twelve thousand dollars, and we're only making six or seven dollars ahead after that. So can we somehow? Uh, and, and and that's a plushie. So I'm thinking with a vinyl or a plastic or something on that lines, a, a more toy type thing. Can we mass produce these in because of the production value being low to where we can keep them in the same price range as the uh, the, the other, you know, the bigger Right, because it would just be molded, right? So it wouldn't it need be to molded, be like right. stitched together and all that right. jazz. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would like, I, that's, I, so I want to just pursue to see if it's possible. Because we don't want to make a toy that's, 20 bucks when you could buy a similar toy for 7.99 yeah. you know what i mean we want to be 7.99 or if we're 9.99 at least we're in the same ballpark so so yes we have to design some and then we have to pursue whether i can get it manufactured at the at the level and i don't mind buying 10,000 of them but i can't buy 100,000 yeah. you know i mean that's just not, i'm not going to put $300,000 into something you know for sure. that's going to sit on the shelf and we're going to sell 10 a week you know it's it's obviously doesn't make any sense so uh, Ken says, hey, Brian, my family visited the Reptarium in September mm. and they donated a laser engraved cutting board. Could you show that in the stream or vlog? I don't even know what you're talking about. Do you remember that? Oh, gosh, I wish I knew more about it. I mean, um, a laser engraved. I don't remember. I feel like you would have shown me that and I don't remember that. But obviously I they did it. Yeah, but. I'm so sorry that I don't. I'm, yeah, I mean, I don't. We, you know, we uh, I hate these situations because we get a lot of things from a lot of people and we appreciate everything we get. But sometimes things get kind of lost in the shuffle. And I don't recall that. Uh, I'm um, trying to remember. I'm hope I'm yeah, yeah, you, I, I don't recall. know if it's talking about I, I'm guessing it's a cutting board. So probably not. But I was thinking that, you know, remember those things that were like uh, of you and Forrest? Yeah, no. Yeah, those what? are. Yeah, those that are. Yeah, those are right? like lithograms or lithograms. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I will do some research for you, Ken. I will go talk to Lori and Beth and yeah, see and where I'll I can find Yeah, I'll try to find out. It. Yeah, if we can find them, I mean, I just don't know where they it would be. And what I wish I, you know, send send Jay, Jay Chomsky. Yeah, yeah. On uh, Instagram. On Instagram. Send him a message with what it was, and uh, and, and let's, we'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Don't yeah, worry. I apologize. Alex Rogers says, hey, Brian, last podcast you said you wanted to get some Eastern Indigos. Yeah. I'd recommend Black Pearl Reptiles. He works yeah. with Audrey Miracon, yep. and he helps with uh, all the permits. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and by the way, I follow Black Pearl. Oh, uh, sweet. And, and, and that's where Miguel uh, got his indigo oh. from so he was someone that was so yeah i should i didn't think about asking if he could help with permits though so if he helps with permits uh i would do it. and he works with a bunch of other really cold dry mark on as well so i would uh yeah thank you for the advice I'll, I'll reach out to him because i didn't think about him helping me with the permits so uh yes i will reach out to him thank you uh socks arizona threw a fist bump just for some love bump boom Appreciate baby you, man. uh od reptile said i'm a guy well, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Oh, you, you said girl. Did I? I thought it said she. You know, it's so funny you said that because I don't know why I, I was I don't know why I was thinking, oh, that's a girl. And then no, I think it's a guy. So <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, hi. I appreciate <laughs> it. Sorry. Sorry for Jay. You know, yeah. I can't you, know, you can't control me back here. I'm a, I'm a loose cannon. <laughs> Good help's hard to find around there. You know, these <laughs> You're days. not kidding, dude. <laughs> Damn. Uh Edward said, What's up, Brian? I watch your videos every day. I've had reptiles pretty much my whole life. But watching your videos has inspired me to start breeding. That's awesome. Well, do it. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. It's it's just a that's the thing. It's it's an amazing experience if you do it, and, and if you you know, obviously, we'll be doing a lot of breeding segments in the vlog over the next few months. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to be doing an ultrasound here early part of the week. Um, Can't wait. So uh, you get an idea of how we all sound, what my thoughts behind it. As a matter of fact, one of the topics that I want to talk about here when we're done with some super chats is food cycle and, and, and really how important food cycle is for the, the success of breeding, in particular pythons. Uh, but all snakes, all snakes, but in particular pythons. So before we finish this podcast, I know we're getting lots of super chats and I appreciate you guys for that so, so much. And that's the thing that's interesting about these podcasts is sometimes it's, I've got a list of things to talk about here. Sometimes I get to five of them. Sometimes I get to three of them. It depends on how much you guys super chat me because this is important uh, to, to get your questions answered. So uh, you guys are killing it today. So thank you. Timothy said, hey, Brian, whatever happened to uh, the, what is this, a red-tailed green rat snake? Ganyosoma acetcephala. Um, huh. Unfortunately, I just, I just, uh, we were just at Scales and Tails. Tomorrow's vlog is at Scales and Tails in Ohio. And we were talking about it, and, it, it, and unfortunately they died. Um, and, and, and I figured out why they died after talking to uh, oh, interesting. To the guys from Scales and Tails. So, is that where you got yours from? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. I got this guy here locally bred them. Uh, well, not locally. He's about an hour away. Uh, and and they, they would eat and just die. I mean, they just, they'd eat, they'd be doing fine, and then they'd just be dead. Huh. Well, apparently, they need to be kept with basking lights. Okay, and we didn't know that, so we had him in a, a tub with just like a normal colubrid, yeah, like yeah. a colubrid, like every other colubrid. But unfortunately, uh, he said that if you keep them, you know, so even babies need to be kept in a, 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 a an in, a, a enclosure habitat that has a basking light. And 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 so, um, obviously, we didn't know that, and and we lost them. So hopefully, we'll get an opportunity to work with some captives again because these were captive bred ones. And um, but I've heard a lot of people have uh, Ganyosoma that 
the wild caught ones that do the same thing that have them and then they just die. You know, they just they're doing well and then they just die. Uh, so I don't know if that's the way the basking light is going to be enough. I'm not sure, but I, I definitely want to give it another crack because they are freaking incredible snakes. I think I remember and, uh, them. I think it was like right when I first got here, you had them. If I'm yeah, 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 yeah. And this, remember when we we're in the back room of Scales and Tails and there was that one tank that had like uh, the light on it and you said, hey, down towards the bottom, that? right? Right. Down yeah, yeah. That, that was, was what that was. Yeah, it was a county or Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was a beautiful animal huh? beautiful snakes yeah uh maria says uh a pro of 2020 was finding you in your vlogs you have encouraged me to return to college and achieve my freaking dreams man that's awesome oh, that's awesome no i mean it's and welcome by the way maria yeah, thank you so much and and um you know yeah just that's the thing man just go after what you want to go after man you Got know one life no matter what it you know listen if if it takes you 10 years to get to where you want to go start today right because if you start wait five more years, it's still going to take you 10 years, yep. you know what I mean? And now you're just going to be five years behind. So, um, you know, I, 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 I applaud anyone that decides to kind of stop in their tracks, say, wait a second, I don't like the way life is going right now. Cause listen, you know, I, we work hard, man, Jay and I, and, and everyone here works our asses off, but, but, but we enjoy what we do. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say that every moment of everything we do is joyful. That's not, that's, that's not, just unrealistic. That's not, that's not reality. Yeah. You know, you guys may see that and it may come off that way, but there are times we grind and there's times that we go, fuck, we don't want to do this or we don't even just, know. Can we do this yeah, right can, now? Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of, uh, we talked about it in, in what we filmed today. There's a lot of, uh, um, hurdles that you have to overcome to do the things we do you know and to do the things you want to do right anyone yes it's a lot easier to go and get a 40 hour a week job yeah punch in punch out don't think about it but if you want to do what you love you're going to have to put in that extra elbow grease you know yeah and there's times that i look at my brother-in-law or other people i know that have a, a normal job and and I get envious at least. Like, yeah. What you have the weekends off? <laughs> you got you know, two at, weeks at, of vacation at, a yeah, year. Four o'clock on Friday. You're you're you. You could care less until Monday. What's going? On. But then I think I would never want that long. No, you I, know I mean you didn't travel I, yeah, the world. Yeah, you didn't get yeah, experience, exactly, meet people yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, and have the the satisfaction of building something, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I would never trade my life, no matter how hard I work at it. Um, but uh, it's. Uh, but but it doesn't mean that there aren't times when it feels like, what am I doing? You know, yep. why am I doing this to myself? But at the same time, the experiences that we get to to live, even if we work harder than almost anyone I know, uh, those experiences are amazing. And and Jay has been with me now for a year and a half, and unfortunately, a lot of that time you know, number one, I have had anxiety. Number two, we couldn't travel. We did a little travel. Of course. We went yeah, to yeah, Utah yeah. last year. We did a couple things last year. And then, of course, this year we were able to do that really dope trip. But, uh, but you know, nor in a normal year, we would have done so much more. So I'm hoping, number one, life returns to some sort of normalcy where we can travel. Number two, mentally, I'm at a, at a spot that I really believe, I believe in this with all of my heart, that I will be better in the next couple months than I have been my entire life. I agree. You know, I think you're um, already better than you've I, been most yeah. of your life. Yeah, I, I am. I, you know, but I think I, I just said I that agree. little bit is still hanging on, you know, where there's sometimes yucky feelings. Yeah. I think that I'll get to a point where the yucky feelings will be a hundred percent gone. And I think that those anxieties that I had, even getting on a plane will be gone forever. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I believe that I really truly believe that because the tools that I'm building, I think will, will teach will, you not only yeah. to deal with the problems you're dealing right yeah. in front of you, but the ones in the future, right? Right. Yeah. Become, you know, one of my favorite new sayings is, you know, become comfortable with 
be uncomfortable. Ooh, and, uh, that's a good one. And, and I think that if you can do that or be comfortable with uncertainty, you know, you know, I mean, that's, that's, um, something that we need to do. And, and, and when we can master that, and it's a lot about living in the now, right. You know, yeah. um, anxious people live in the future an awful lot. You know, the, the saying is, is that, you know, although, although all anxiety is really stemmed typically from the past, you know, yeah. past, past creates the, the um, anticipation for things because yeah, you know what can future. happen. They yeah. say, they say that, you know, anxiety lives in the future. Depression lives in the past. Yeah. Um, and I definitely have to live more in the, in the now, you know, in the now. Yeah, no, totally, dude. Mm -hmm. um, Jordan said, you are an inspiration to the world without a doubt. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I mean, I listen, it, I, that was never my intention in life, <laughs> you know, is to <laughs> to um, do anything that I'm doing. I mean, outside of working with animals, it was never my intention to... It's almost a happy accident, you know? You know? Yeah, it's just, it's something that I found, I, I became very passionate about, you know, when it ha started happening, right? When, 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 you know, people wanted to hear what I thought it became addictive to me to tell people what I thought, um, in the message of, of, you know, inspiration and passion and, 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 and positivity, you know, and that's, again, that doesn't mean that I'm always the best. I, I, you know, I, again, another saying I love is that Mother Teresa used to say, you know, I wake up every morning to try to be the best person I possibly can. At the end of the day, I fail each and every day, but tomorrow I'm going to try again. That's so beautiful. And, um, and, 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 and that's the way I feel about my life. You know, I mean, I want, you know, even when I was in the depths of hell in, in April, May, June, I was scared that things may not get better because I was so bad. And I, and I tell you guys, I don't think anyone understands how bad I was. They I could mean, unless, unless, yeah, yeah, I, unless did, you've seen said, it, yeah. you wouldn't yeah, it was, understand. No, it was it was bad, bad. I'm talking like not even human bad. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I you know I haven't told you this, Jay. I was I was I was writing lyrics to a song. I'm not a, a sing. Oh, I can't know. I can't sing. Yeah. So if I ever finish this song, I will find someone to sing the song. But uh, essentially, you know, the catch is you know uh, is that you know I want to stop existing and i want to start living hell yeah you know? dude because i was existing for months Ex yeah. not one minute of of a day was i living i was only existing and uh so um but even in those dark times i still had a positive outlook on life you know i really still believed that things were going to be okay and that one day i would look back and and even now you know even when it was going on uh, I told Lori this a million times, and, and now that it's getting better, I've looked back on it, and I've said, I'm glad I've went through what I have went through because it's going to be life-changing. You know, yeah. It's going to be life-changing, and it's going to be the... I'm going to look back on that moment, that that, that moment, and it's going to... Although that five, six months seemed like an eternity while I was living through it, it's going to feel like a blink of the eye when I look back, but I'm going to take so many life lessons from that time that I would have never gotten if it wasn't for that moment in life. And, and so uh, I'm very appreciative. I know it sounds weird, but I'm so appreciative it's not weird. that I went through that that hell. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad that you even said that. You know, I've, I too went through anxiety, yeah. depression and suicide and all that yeah. shit and um, I wouldn't change it for the world because it no. made me look at life with the beauty and the intensity of the beauty that I see it today. You know me, dude. I'm no. by mountains the entire time. I don't shut the fuck up about <laughs> look at how beautiful this is. It's yeah. because you realize you could have never seen that again, yeah. you know, so it's yeah. take those horrible things and 
get better, but embrace the fact that you're going through a hardship, you know? Right, yeah, and you can get better. I mean, if, if you're stuck in depression and anxiety, it's because you're not working through it. That's right. You know, you've got to work through it. You've got to, you can't, you can't let it settle. No, because it becomes you who you are. Anything you do over and over becomes what you are. It becomes yeah. habitual. So if you yeah, just let of, it happen, your brain gets trained to think that's normal. Right. You got to work hard at it. And again, we'll talk more about that. I want to do an entire podcast about that, but I'm sure there'll be like 25 people watching live. <laughs> as, as we'll see though. Who knows? 470 people. There'll be 20 people. But, uh, but it's a message I, I need to talk about. Uh, Jordan's been crushing it this one. He said, uh, you're an inspiration. Oh, wait, we just read that, didn't we? Ah, uh, Jordan. Jordan, I, I gave you another shout out. That's what uh, you get, thank baby. You, Jordan. Uh, Alex said, reptile question, is eucalyptus, or are eucalyptus branches okay for a monitor enclosure? It depends on the monitor more than anything. Um, and, and, and I'm going to probably tell you that I'm not sure. I have no idea All either. of them. Yeah. Um, Jessica, let, let me get back to you on that to make sure because- Jessica is the one that really knows all about plants and in, in, in horticulture and what plants can go in with what animals. Um, uh, some monitors will will eat leaves, so you got to be careful if there's something that is. You know, I mean, obviously, if you talk about an Australian animal, you're gonna they're gonna be around eucalyptus trees, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but can an African monitor? I don't know. You know, I, I'm not sure. So uh, my gut feeling would be not a problem, but at the same time. Uh, I would want to. Uh, I would want to steer you down. I, a yeah, I want to acquiesce to to Jessica before I would actually tell you something and then have you say Brian told me and then yeah. have your animal die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, uh, Elaine. Just threw uh, some some money just for love. Thank you, Elaine. We appreciate, I appreciate it. it, and I loved you on Seinfeld, by the way. Did you? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, man, you was, guys are crushing it super. Was, yeah, you guys there. are crushing it tonight, man. You guys, I love you guys. Um, Lauren said, "I'm looking to visit the reptarium soon, and was mm -hmm. wondering if I could handle a snake in person before buying it and taking it home." Hundred mm percent. -hmm. Yeah, hundred mm -hmm. percent. Yeah, no, absolutely. We do it all the time. Lori's not a big fan, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but we do things if Lori gets mad at us. <laughs> Lori's not a big fan about that, but uh, no, no, we we want you to have a great snake. You know what I mean? Like, so I, what I would ask is, don't come and and, and handle ten snakes and not buy a snake because that's oh. not what we do here. But uh, but if you have, if you're like, hey, I want to buy the snake, but I want to kick the tires first. Absolutely, man. I I don't want anyone to have to buy a snake without you know having the opportunity to fall in love with it. You know. So, uh, but, uh, but we're not a pet shop, you know, we, we do, we do op allow the opportunity to buy at the reptarium and we will bring stuff over for you to take a look at and make sure you love it. Uh, um, but, uh, but, but we're not a pet shop, yeah. you know, but, but absolutely we'll, we accommodate. we'll, we'll accommodate hundred percent. So cat, so it all makes sense now. And I want you to go and grab it. It's on top of the fridge behind you real quick, Brian. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. So oh. Ken said, so it's in the podcast room, and it's a picture of a bunch of different animals. It yes. was in the corner to Brian's right. Yes. Yeah, that we thing's actually, badass, dude. No, we actually, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, we love it, and it's so much so that we kept it here in the podcast room. Yeah. I, I don't want to use it because it's too damn cool. No, it's badass, uh, and it, it fits the vibe so well in here, too. Yeah, so, I mean, we've talked about, like, hanging it up on the wall and stuff like that. Maybe I mean, under the badass. TV would be pretty cool because it's kind of a yeah. bare spot over there, so yeah. maybe put it there. No, but no, so yes. 
I, I was trying to think like a I, cutting what, board. Yeah, you know? I, if you would have uh, said what you said now, I would have got yeah, you. But from yeah, yeah. cutting board, I was like, I've yeah, never yeah, seen a cutting yeah, board. Yeah. No, it's badass. I mean, it is really beautiful, intricate. Now, did, I wonder, you know, I don't want you to have to super chat this. No, but, I'll, I'll keep uh, an eye on yeah, it. Yeah, keep bottom. an eye on it. Just tell me. I mean, I don't know if you hand did this or if this was laser done. It was laser it done. Was laser, I was going to say, because it's so intricate. I couldn't imagine anyone having it. So I would guess it was like a CNC, right? And you just put the wood on there and just have yeah. some program. Yeah, That's it, still crazy, though. I don't know if you guys, I mean, the intricacy is, it's hard to tell on this. But yeah, let me get it on the vlog so people could, we can maybe get some really cool tight Yeah, shots I can get some shots it. of it. Be cool. Sweet. Uh, Wild Boy Dev's in the building. That's our boy with the uh, the beautiful Cobra with the red red throat. Yeah, King Cobra. Dev's a good dude. I know we keep on saying that he's going to come out and he's hang out come with out. us. And, come uh, hang and, out, dude. Yeah, and we need to do it. It's just, life has been so busy. I think after the holidays, it'll be a little bit it'll more slow chill. down a little bit. We're talking about maybe doing a trip uh, down to Florida in February. Can't wait. But I think all of January, we're pretty chill. You know, yeah, I think it's that smart. we're just going to be hanging. Uh, take a little break from the holidays and just kind of let... I think that... You know, every week's almost been a holiday and yeah. travel and something. So it's like it'll be nice to have like a week of like, all right, nothing and then get back into some shit. Yeah, and I think that, you know, hopefully come February, you know, we'll kind of, you know, hate, you, know you know, hopefully the COVID thing will be a little bit more chill, you know, because we're going to get, <laughs> you know, by then, you know, I think that, um, you know, there'll be 20, 30, 40 million people have been vaccinated. Uh, and, and hopefully numbers start to kind of, uh, not that they're going to go away in February, obviously it's going to take all the way probably until, you know, June, July, whatever. But, uh, but hopefully by February, we start to see a little curtail of it, everything, and we'll feel more comfortable about travel and Florida, you know, although I will say, you know, I mean, although I'm very, very, you know, conservative about, you know, I always wear a mask, uh, I, you know, uh, we're, we're very closed uh, with what we do. And Michigan is a very tight state, as you guys know. Uh, it does, man, I'd like to be down in Florida right I now. Where they, they don't care, they don't man. Give a just it just feels different like, when you're in a place that they don't care because you're like, feel like it, we've talked about it yeah. when we went on our trip, right? Yeah. Is that when you're in Michigan, if you went to a Walmart without a mask, you feel like an alien. You would, People yeah, would look no at way. you. Yeah. If you coughed, I'm telling you, like, no one's looking at you. So when you went to, I don't remember, was it Montana or something like that? I, you know? I think we were in Idaho. Maybe and, it was and, Idaho, and we yeah. Went, yeah, and the, like the pool, yeah, it was was Idaho. Open, the pool was open. Yeah, and you and go in, and, and we, and, me and Brian yeah. went into the store with a mask on. Yeah. And we looked like crazy people. Yeah, people were looking at us like, why they got masks on? And we still wore our masks. Yeah, of but, course. But, uh, but it, it, it just feels good. So I can't wait to get to Florida where they don't give no shits. I know. And, uh, me neither, dude. It would be really cool. And again, I will probably wear a mask everywhere we go. Uh, but, yeah, why not? Uh, but, it's easy. But, but, you know, at the same time, it'll be really nice to, to have, you know, just solution. Not to mention, you know, you guys may not know, I, I'm not a big winter fan. Uh, I know I live in Michigan, right? It's weird. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so I, the, the, prior to 2020, uh, every month from November through, say, April, I would travel to somewhere warm at least once a month, whether it was L.A. or Florida or Texas or somewhere warm. I would always take at least like a week trip during every month to go film some stuff, get take a break, get away from the cold. And it really helped me get through the winters. This is the first winter that I, we're pretty much stuck here. All <laughs> yeah. So by February, I think I'm going to be in a position, you know, and listen. The cold, I've learned to live with the cold. The, 
the biggest problem is, to be honest with you, is uh, it's it's just there's no sun, man. Oh, we haven't you seen know? the sun. Yeah, it's been in what gloom. It's three been weeks. Gl- it's been gloomy. It's been real. well. When we traveled to Ohio, there was a little smidge. Ohio, yes. a little smidge. But let's say Michigan, because that day still was cloudy in Michigan. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was bad. We we're supposed to get some sun. I think this coming Tuesday, but the, that'll be the maybe fl- the first fire time. disc is coming back. The fire disc is coming back. <laughs> My people told me about this. Yeah, <laughs> bright sky. <laughs> so I see pictures of friends in Florida and California, and it's just this blue sky, and it's just like wow. I I need a little blue sky in my life so uh so florida i think is going to happen in in february um so anyway wild boy dev he uh he said two things one was do you want a king cobra shed for the reptarian which oh i would assume gosh, you'd say yeah. yes oh right my god that'd be dope man. yeah i, I want think one so. for myself yeah hell yeah it would be really cool <laughs> fuck that reptarian place and then he asked uh what are some animals that i would want to photograph because i'm the star now baby oh shit there we go that's going to be on uh, uh sunday nights with uh with uh I, uh with the, the audio cut uh, cut <laughs> yeah, no. Sunday um, nights with Jay. Um, <laughs> honestly, it would be surprising to you, but uh, gorillas and uh, blue whales would be Ooh. up there with probably two of the animals I'd like to shoot the best that are not reptiles. Well, I hope that we can get over to Uganda. Uganda, uh, help me out. We've been talking about that. Um, obviously, not now. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but you got to have to wait a little bit. In the future, we're hoping we get up to Uganda and see some of those gorillas in the mist. Yeah, that's where I'm at, dude. Mm. Uh, Wolfgeist, Wolfgeist, Wolfgeist says, uh, are they sperm plugs or hemipedial castings? <laughs> I think it's the same thing, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. Hemipineal casting. I'm guessing yeah, I'm, that's what he's yeah. calling sperm plugs. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that's probably the yeah. doctor name for yeah, it. Yeah, and that makes sense. I'm sure that, you know, uh, some PhD out there would, would be mortified that we call them sperm plugs. Uh, <laughs> it's better than, than, than what I came up with, cap, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure that that's the case, and and you know, listen, we just clean snake shit for a living. You know, I mean, we we're not we're not PhDs or, or anything like that. And but um, and, and this is this is the problem I have with uh, and and this is an attack on you at all. What I'm saying is that like when we start changing terms, just to feel smarter, uh, I think it's da- not dangerous, but it's confusing, right? So like. When someone comes into the hobby and it's like everyone's going like, oh, yeah, you know, you check your, you know, snake mail for sperm plugs, sperm plugs. And then someone else is like, oh, well, these are hemipineal castings. You know, then all someone's like, well, what's the difference between a sperm plug and that? And then it confuses everybody. And does it really help anything? You know what I mean? Does it, does it, you know, it was, I told that to Brian Cusco when, when he kind of change the term co-dominant to incomplete dominant, you know, yeah. and, and whether or not incomplete dominant is the more, more accurate. accurate term uh, from a geneticist, it confused everyone because now people are like, well, wait a second, this isn't co-dominant anymore. It's incomplete dominant. It, it's is that just, different? You know, yeah. And, and, and I've now adopted the incomplete dominant because a lot of people in the hobby did, but it did it change anything? Did it change the fact that, that there's a super version of this animal or whatever, you know, the, the, the homozygous version? Um, and, and that's fine. And, and, and I think Brian got a kick out of it when I started calling things incomplete dominant because I kind of reamed him when he first did it, saying <laughs> uh, you shouldn't do that. You know, it's just confusing people. So uh, so I don't know, you know, if, if hemipineal uh, castings is an actual term or not um, or if that's just something you made a funny thing of because it sounds pretty cool. 
I mean, <laughs> it does sound no, pretty cool. No doubt it sounds pretty cool. It sounds smarter than what I would sell. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't damn, <laughs> damn strings of sperm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if I think that if people right from the beginning would have called it that, that might have been a really good thing. Uh, Jacob threw $10 just for love. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate you. You're, you're the best. Uh, Rare Dog says, I promise you, Brian, on July 24th, 21st, or I guess 21. it's 21, my bad, sorry. Yep. You will feel the love. My group is so excited, I can't even tell you. I'm counting the days and hope hugs are allowed because it's kind of my thing. See you then, my friend. You are so enough. Is that the um, the barbecue with uh, Will Banks? Oh, is that what they're talking about? I think that might be the barbecue. Dude. And yeah, dude, I mean, you go down to Oklahoma. You can't catch COVID in Oklahoma. Yeah, they don't hash it down there. They, they got nothing down there. And there's going to be, I'm going to be French kissing everybody. Yeah, we're going to no, yeah, give it no. out. Brian Bartek French kiss. No, I'm going to have a French kiss booth down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, in Oklahoma. No, uh, I'm going to be hugging. I love hugging. And uh, I can't wait to hug people again. He hugs and, me three and, times as soon as I get in here in the I morning. Know, I'm like, Jay. Yeah, one hug. And then he's I, like, no, 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 don't leave yet. Don't, don't leave, leave yet. need yeah. another hug. Uh, but uh, no, I, I yeah, that's I'm looking forward to that tremendously because I really I I mean by the July 24th, God I hope I'm not jinxing us, but I really believe <laughs> that things are going to be a lot different. Um, oh, I think they'll be I a lot so. different, even if they aren't normal. And I hope I hope and pray they are normal. Yes, that would um, sound great. Is that that's what I'm hoping happens by July 4th, 24th, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to that event. But in Oklahoma, it's already normal. It's so, already so normal in Oklahoma. I mean, they don't give no shit down there either. Uh, Let Rose Burn came back, said, I love you guys. I love you appreciate too. You, I really Roses. do. We do love you. And uh, we appreciate all your support. You're one of the best. Um, Jeremy came back and said, I went through a big rough patch this year, especially with the uh, music scene basically being yeah. 100% dead up here. Grateful for the people who have held me up. We love you, yeah. man. And I have a lot of yeah. friends in that scene too. And I can yeah, it's a bummer. That's what we're hard. talking about. You know, like up where he's at in, in that area. He yeah. was saying that. You know, and he's obviously a professional musician. He used to teach. Incredibly talented. Yeah, really yeah. talented. Used to teach. Uh, you know, music as well. And um, and now he's a manager over at Nerd. Uh, kind of you know still doing the music scene as well. But he's ha said he's having to travel down to the Carolinas to get a gig even because there's zero scene up there. And it's not just the musicians that are dying. You know, like. It's are obviously bad but it's the the even the venues that are are used Bars, to have them the, you know so it's, it's a yeah. horrible thing so yeah um fred says hey brian hope you and jay are doing well you guys are such an inspiration quick question yes where's a good place to pick up a lace monitor only large monitor species i can own in connecticut okay so uh i i probably don't know as as many people as i should know in this world so please excuse me if you breed lace monitors and i don't mention you but i do know that uh um um is it black dragons out in california i think see. it's black dragons uh or, or to, no, i'm sorry toothless reptiles toothless yes reptiles. yes yes you, toothless i got reptiles. you yeah. just hatched out some bell's face lace monitors and i believe some normal lace actually. monitors too so and and it, I don't know him personally. We've we've communicated a little bit uh, via Instagram, but uh, from everything I've heard, he's got great animals, and and I follow him and admire everything he posts. So uh, as a matter of fact, he got croc monitor eggs recently. So I, I'm sure there's other people, and I apologize, I don't know the scene well enough for lace monitors, but uh, but definitely if you reach out to Toothless out in California, um, he had bells and and some really beautiful bells and some normal lace and uh, i'm sure that if he's out or doesn't he could point you in the right direction i, I apologize that i just don't know any anybody else uh shay said i've got crested geckos both eggs were dented in i put moss on top and one filled out the other one is still dented should i be worried 
I think just keep, uh, I'm assuming it's early. You know, uh, if, if they dent later, you don't put moss on them, right? Because what happens is eggs absorb moisture in the beginning. So if they're dented, you want to put some moisture on them to pop them out. You don't want to over-moisturize them because you can drown the eggs. So if it hasn't popped out yet, just leave. don't put extra moisture. Leave where you're at, and hopefully it'll absorb. Now, you, what you got to remember is that the last third part of incubation, they're expelling water. So if they start to dent in the last third of incubation, you don't want to add water or put moisture to them because they're actually in that process of expelling water. Oh, gotcha. And uh, uh, so you'll drown the egg again. So if, if you're at the end and they've dented, it's a good thing. If you're at the beginning and it's dented, add moisture. And if one popped out, the other one hopefully will. Uh, and if it doesn't, then there's not much you could do because if you add too much moisture, you're going to kill the egg anyway. So it's better to be a little bit drier and have a little bit of dent because an egg can still dent and hatch. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, so, so don't stress about it too much. Uh, two things. One, Ken uh, came back from the uh, laser engraved thing and said, Jay and Brian, uh, yes, laser engraved, and we do custom wood engraved signs in the company's C3 Creations in Lansing. C3, okay, gotcha. Check them out on Facebook, C3 guys. C3 Creations, definitely give them some love. That's a, It's a super cool thing, so definitely we'll get that in the vlog, too, because I, I guess I kind of forgot. I look well, at it every day it when I'm down here. it came down here, and it just became such a part of the room that yeah. like we just didn't even think about it, yeah. so... Yeah, no. That's I would have also never thought it was a cutting board. To be honest, I thought it was like a decoration. Yeah, I would I have been like something that wall art. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought it was wall art. Yeah, but it is a cutting board. But it, it, I don't it's know beautiful. that I'd ever cut on it because I would feel like Ugh, they already did all that. the cutting. Yeah, uh, Eve <laughs> said, uh, Brian, what advice would you give to a person that is proper scared of snakes? Hoping they're from the UK because proper is a great word. I use that yeah. all the time now. Well, you know, first off, I think that the best way to get over any fear uh, is is number one. There's a few things. Number one, uh, try to find the root of the fear if you can, if there is any root of that, and deal with that in particular. Uh, did someone throw a snake on you? Did you have a, you know watch a movie when you were younger? That was whatever. And try to then once you start to identify that, go into exposure therapy. Okay, and exposure therapy uh, is 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 where you're going to want to start very slow. And what I mean by that is obviously. You know, you're watching me now. Watch me do snake stuff, right? Yeah, watch the vlog. Uh, watch the vlog, and 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 once you feel comfortable with that, go to a pet shop, and and maybe first look at a snake through the glass, uh, up close, and then maybe watch someone else hold a snake for a while. And when you start feel, every time you start feeling like, okay, I've been watching Brian. I feel good now. I don't get stressed out watching Brian handle snakes. Now I went to a pet shop. I don't feel stressed out looking at a snake through a cage. Now I don't feel stressed out with. The snake out of Joe the enclosure. out of the closure handling it. Now I don't feel stressed out when I touch the snake. Now you start to, to handle the snake. Yeah. It goes and, quick, and, too. And it goes very quick. I mean, we see it happen literally every single weekend here at the Reptarium. In less than an hour. <laughs> usually, like, usually less than an hour. I can take someone from being extremely scared to being uh, like, like they don't want to leave. They want to hold every snake in the place, uh, but that's exposure therapy. Uh, and 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 here there's a safe zone, and it's a little bit different than most places. If you were here, I'd say come here, and you you would probably get over it a lot quicker. Uh, it might take you a little bit longer, and it does depend. I mean, we do get the occasional person that comes in. One of the things I tell my crew, my staff, and every person that walks in the door is that I will never push anybody. I, my goal is not to get you to hold a snake by the end until you're ready to hold a snake. And there are times doesn't happen often, but there are times that people come in. And, and they just, they leave and they don't hold a snake. And that's, that's fine because the next time we'll get them. Yep. You know, if I try to push it, you're going to be screwed. Uh, Jacob Shapiro said, hey guys, I really wanted a super dwarf retic, but I live in Florida. What other dope species of mm. snake do you recommend that's kind of similar? 
Can they have carpets down there? I know that's not exactly similar, but they're a quicker moving. Well, I, I know you can get retics with a permit, with our ROC permit. So if you really are set on on, on a retic, I, I I believe it's like a hundred dollars a year that's permit uh, to get an ROC permit. So so that's an option. If not, you know, usually I think carpet pythons are allowed, and the carpets are kind of like similar to a they're dwarf retic. Sim- you know, I would say one um, of the more similar to a yeah, dwarf retic. So carpet yeah. pythons are one, but uh, but if you're really set on a retic. Just look into it. I believe in the the FWC, you can uh, get permits for for owning those animals. You have to have caging requirements and so on like that. But I, I I'm pretty certain you can you can still own them. You just, just need the permits permit. for them, yeah. And you need to have it microchipped and stuff like that. Jasmine said, uh, "Just watched your video about going through anxiety, and it hit home. Went th- uh, we went through the same thing at the same time. Wow. I've gotten better, and I really hope you've made progress as well. Much love. I'm so glad you've gotten better." I'd love to hear more about how you've gotten better. I mean, you're 100% better. Are you uh, getting there? You know, what your process was. I'd love to hear more about that. So uh, maybe reach out to me. I, I mean, I think that one of the things that's nice about getting better with anxiety is when when you can interact with other people that have gotten better yeah. with anxiety because it feels obtainable, right? Like that's what I'm trying to do with with what I'm doing is, 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 is show people that look at, I, I can honestly say you, you can't get worse no. than what I was. I mean, if you were worse than what I was, you wouldn't be alive. Yeah, that's right? what I, I would say you the know, same. Yeah, or you'd be in a hospital. Or bed. you'd be in yeah. a hospital, yeah. Because there were many, 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 many nights I wanted to check myself into a mental home. Yeah. I mean, many nights. The only reason I didn't is I remembered years and years ago, because this is the second time I've went through a massive anxiety bout. The first time was 17, 18 years ago. And I remember my psychiatrist at that time said, I remember telling him the same thing. Like, I really would like to check in somewhere. And he said, I could check you in somewhere, but it ain't going to help you. And you don't want to be there. Nope. And uh, so that was the only thing that this time around. Uh, and like I said, there were lots and lots and lots of nights where I almost told Lori, like, just take me to a hospital and check me in. And, and, and you know, but I know what they're going to do. They're just going to try to medicate me. And I'm going to be locked in a place which is going to make me feel worse because now I'm not in my comfort zone. And on, on, on. so anyways, my point is, is that... Um, I, I think that when people see someone that's that bad and then they see them get better, it gives them hope. Yeah. You know? Especially if it's somebody they, they look up to, too. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Important. And, and so I, I, I'd love to know more about your journey as well. Let Roses Burn is back. Hey. Says, uh, right now, I would prefer to be in Michigan than be here in Florida. Uh, the weather is fantastic, but the people are selfish as... And, and that, there, there's a value to that point. You know, I think that... you know. <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, there's there's some value to that. You know, I mean, the people that don't care about COVID also probably are being reckless, you know, uh, as well. Uh, there's a fine line, and I don't want to argue that fine line. Uh, the one thing Michigan has been, I'd say Michigan's been one of the more, not only strict, st- strict yeah. states, but also probably one that people have followed the regulations more and not buck them as much as other places. Yeah. And that's why our cases have dropped more than in half in the last month. So where most of the country was going up, we were going down. Uh, we did spike about four or six weeks ago. And then, then now we're down to much modest numbers. And, and that's why we're probably going to start opening up uh, here relatively soon. Well, within the next few weeks, wow. quicker than other states will, because we we had the curve. And the same thing happened back in March and April, is that our curve was re- dramatically down when when still the rest of the country was going up. So people in Michigan have taken it pretty seriously. Yeah, it and, went and, from like normal to ghost town the first time around. Yeah, I mean instantly, instantly within yeah. it within an yeah. hour, it was completely everyone listened was inside. 
And um, it is important to to do whatever you can. Listen, we yeah. all can't do it all, but yeah. do what you can. Yeah, and, and I like both sides of it. You know, I like the fact that when, when Michigan is getting better with numbers, it makes me feel good. When uh, when Florida is out there partying, it makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Both of them, yeah, we play both sides of the field, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to judge anybody. <laughs> uh, Mike, the jeweler, said super hey, late. Hope everyone's are. doing well. <laughs> Crazy day. We got like three feet of snow. Oh, my gosh. We should have. Oh, I heard it, that. You know, we should have. I, I heard that. I heard that the East Coast was getting slammed. Is he, so. He's in New York. I know that. But York, where is he? Yeah. Upstate uh, by the city? What's he doing? You know, I mean, I think where he's, you at? Where you he's, at, Mike? he's probably in Bronx, you know. You in the Bronx, dude? Probably in the Bronx. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, it's probably Arthur That's Avenue, crazy you, you got yeah, off the avenue. Canal <laughs> Street, I feel you. Pick up some leathers. But uh, uh, three yeah. feet of snow is crazy. I mean, it yeah. literally snowed. Guys, this is like the cutest shit, by the way. Yeah. So I woke up around midnight Christmas Eve going yeah. into Christmas morning, and it started snowing. Yeah, like flurry. probably 1130 yeah. it started. Yeah, and they said that it was just going to flurry. That's all they said, yeah. It snowed Yep. All the way until midnight last night. Yeah, for and yeah, even a little hours. today. Yeah, twenty four hours, and and for we Christmas. got about three or four inches of snow. So it's the first white Christmas we've had in about five years. It's the and, first uh, one I've seen in probably thirteen. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah. it was cool. I mean, we loved it, and we, and of course, I told Jay. Yeah, we had uh, we had a a, a, a snowball fight last night uh, <laughs> in our shorts with nothing but shorts. You couldn't wear any socks you couldn't wear shoes and no short you know and, and most of us didn't have shirts on either yeah yeah so we had uh so just literally shorts Lori was involved uh, yeah. which is funny she had she obviously had a shirt on. yeah 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 but yeah, yeah. uh, but, uh, uh but, <laughs> just shorts uh, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah but everyone else was uh, yeah, yeah. was out there in the barefoot running around the snow snowball fight it was a lot of fun that's fucking awesome yeah it was a great time so hopefully your snow doesn't last too long three feet's a lot yeah, Mike, seriously, man. Be safe out there, brother. Uh, Boston Kissinger says, it's been a while. It's been a while. My Christmas was horrible. Couldn't eat. Oh, Have man. to get seven teeth pulled. Dude. Whoa. Good luck with that, brother. Brother, that sucks, man. I'm so sorry. That's man. like Russian torture right yeah, there. I'm so sorry. That sucks. It's never good, man. That's never good. Man. Well, I hope you feel better soon, brother. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Lauren said, I've watched you for probably two years now, and I'm finally ready to get a ball python and nice. would love to get one from you. I'm just scared to... Get a defensive one and want to visit the reptarium. I'm one. Was she yeah. the one that said oh, it she before? must be the one? Yeah. And listen, I, like I said, I trust me. We will take care of you. I mean, a hundred percent. You know, we'll we'll find one that works for you. And uh, yeah, like I said, I the only thing I I, I like I, the only reason I was saying that is Lori will get gets mad at me because I'll pull a snake out for anybody. You yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'll sit there and like pull twenty five snakes and 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 Lori just is like if if someone's a tire kicker, like not even interested, just want to see those. She's like, that's not what. We we do here and it is true i mean she does have a valid point i should be helping uh, our patrons look at the snakes they came to see not you know bhb snakes but that being said someone like you that just you know like listen you know i want to get a snake but i of course we want that yeah. i i want you to walk away with the snake you want not the snake that we're telling you to get you know so please come please tell us in advance what you want to do and uh we'll, we'll take care of you a hundred percent hundred percent Fred says, I'll definitely have to reach out to Toothless. Thank you for the lead. Uh, it's been hard to super hard to find a reputable place to buy one. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you uh, will. And, and like I said, I love his place and I love the stuff that he does. So it, it's 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 uh, I think you'll you'll be very happy. And uh, Mike said he lives upstate, right on Lake uh, Ontario, uh, almost uh, Canada. Oh man, he's almost like yeah, he's almost you're, Canadian. You're Canuck, eh? dude. Yeah, he, a, yeah, he yeah. sounds his his accent sounds Canadian. Does actually. he got a little bit? No, it does not of, even sound Canadian I, at all. Sounds no. New York. He's Very a New, New Yorker. New York as it gets. That's uh, it for Super Chats right no, now. No, he's not that bad. He's not that bad. So listen, you guys. 
Frick, I mean, crushed, crushed it. Yeah. Crushed the super chats. This was so much fun. And um, I like I said, I, I I'm you know I love doing these these uh, too. these solos, and I think we have a good time with me. And I always say solo, but obviously Jay's with me. Um, Just visible. One one and a half. You know, one point five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like more like two point five by myself. Two point you know five. But uh, so we'll keep them going. If you guys want to keep doing it, we'll still obviously still have uh you know people on. Uh, and we'll have the you know, all the other stuff. I mean, you guys are just amazing. I mean, it, you make me feel so uh, you know, just really wanted, and I appreciate you guys for that. But I want to continue to you know answer your questions. I hope you guys are getting a lot out of that as well, the Q&A side. But I always want to bring one or two topics to the table, like we talked about earlier in the podcast about the reptile shows, kind of educate you guys on the, the beginnings that most people don't know about. But also talk to you. I was going to get into food cycle. I'll talk about that next week. So if you guys are interested in food cycling uh, with snakes and how you can really push your success uh, by many, many percent, I'll talk about food cycle next week on Saturday. Um, on top uh, of that too, um, Brian also still has some other questions that we'll just, we'll just have carry over to next week or the week after the week after. Yeah, we still have other questions. So keep hitting me up on Instagram at Jay Tomsky and we'll get your questions through as well. What did Potterhead have to say? Potterhead says she needs, I repeat, Needs Need. a palmetto for her birthday. Gosh, I feel you, girl. Geez, I want one, and I want to name it Autumn, just because it has that fall leaves on the white snow, yeah, baby. We all have needs, Potterhead. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Uh, you know, it's going to be no for me, dog. No, no. It was, uh, no I was just joking. You, you're, you're great, too. I mean, you know, come back, because Noah still talks about the boobs. Yeah. Not, not your boobs. boobs. <laughs> I knew it, boobs, dude. But, but, but uh, <laughs> I called that shit. That that's a horrible. That's a horrible thing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, people are like, "What is he well, talking about?" Let's end it before they figure it out. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to tell you the story. Potterhead's got to tell you the story in the super chat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, listen, guys, seriously, love you guys so much. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope that you have a really safe New Year. We will see you on Wednesday before the New Year. That's right. Um, but uh, but obviously, this podcast will be after the New Year. So you guys, be safe, be smart all that good stuff. Um, hope it was a great holiday for you yesterday. Like I said, it was amazing for us. And um, like I said, this uh, this New Year's Eve will be a nice quiet one for us, but we're looking forward to it. And uh, we've got another uh, year in review coming up on, on, on New Year's Eve. Just it's been a wild year, obviously, for everybody. <laughs> yes. And then um, January 2nd, we always reveal whether or not we're going to keep the vlog going <laughs> uh, uh, for daily. So January 2nd, you guys will find out if we're going to stay daily or if we're going to reduce the vlogs. So uh, I am not going to say anything about that until January 2nd. In the meantime, you guys uh, love you. Uh, just, you know, keep up the good work on your end. Stay positive. Be grateful. And uh, we will see you in the next one. Ooh, we'll see you guys. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Thanks. That was great. That can't be right. We had more people than